Bearcat Bounce Podcast. I'm back at it again. As always, it's a it's a Monday. Yeah, it's a Monday after Easter Sunday. He has risen Monday. It's a Monday after Masters Monday, John Rom Domination Monday. Uh, final Monday before the spring game next Saturday. This upcoming Saturday, Monday. It's a Monday. Numerous new additions to the football and the basketball teams Monday. It's also one day closer to the NFL Draft Monday, which uh, brings in a special guest for us. And it's also a uh, heavy-hearted Monday, as we still remember and keeping our thoughts and prayers. Kelly Brendel, and I just wanted to make sure I said that before we got going. But, uh, of course, as always, I bring in my guys, my pals, the uh, the squad, and then a special, special guest as well. So, without further ado, Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, Ryan Rohrer. Gentlemen, how are we? We're good. I'm good. It's uh, It's been a shitty, terrible, awful week, but, you know, keeping our heads up and, and trying to figure all this out. It's, uh, it's hard, but one thing she would have wanted was for me to keep working and to, to get my ass back to it. So it was a practice today. Saw Tyler and Trey and uh, there was a, who was the tall skinny guy that was with you guys? (laughs) Uh, His name was Uh, Mod Gardner. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I I don't know if you guys remember him. I don't know if you guys remember him. him. I've heard of that guy. Good dude. It's all those guys have practiced today, so uh, it's good to kind of slowly be getting life back to whatever normal looks like now. So thanks to everybody that's reached out. It's been overwhelming, um, and uh, we appreciate it. And we're gonna we're gonna keep it keep it moving. We love you, brother. Aaron, appreciate how it. are we? Doing well. Got through Easter. Uh, it was. One of the crazier Easter's that one of my mom's neighbors lost his mind. Cops were called, and it was a little, little weird. But haven't haven't <laughs> had a haven't had a holiday with cops involved before. That was a first. But uh, we made it through it and laughed a lot afterwards. So uh, back here, we're good. The memories, Ryan. What's up, brother? How are we? Good as always, man. Uh, had a good weekend. A nice uh, holiday weekend. I had some friends visit from out of town, so had a little bit too much fun. But um, Chad, just good to have you here, man. You know, I'm always here for you. And it's I appreciate been, you, bro. I've been I've been feeling heavy for you this week, man. So just respect that. Respect your time. You're still dedicated to this show, and I think it shows how you know awesome a guy you are. And uh, rest in peace to Kelly. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Amen. And and as always, as as you guys can see, we've got a very special guest. As the the NFL draft does get you know ever more close, and uh, a name that's a buzz. Obviously, was a buzz at at Nippert for plenty of games. Was a buzz in in Cincinnati for a while as well. Was a buzz on the on the track circuit since what two thousand. Was a was a buzz all around. And uh, without further ado, the man, the old head himself, Mr. Tyler <laughs> Scott. How are we? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Good to have you on. Good to have you on. Well, yeah, first man, I'm glad first. to be on. First glad to be first, on. Like man. I said, I'm always listening. Good, good. First things first. Got to got to mention it. The track star stuff. You know, it's 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 something that everyone likes to bring up is your speed and everything. Yeah. But I want you to take us all the way back to uh, what was it? The the West Akron squad. That that yeah. was you and you and Trey Tucker. Just just talk about. What that was like seeing seeing two youngsters grow up and now 
I mean, you've been old head for for a little while now, but but Trey's starting to catch up there with you. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I, you know, I started running when I was about five, six years old. Um. So my dad, he was actually a coach on the staff. Uh, he was a shot button, shot button disc thrower. Um, so he actually didn't really coach track, but he was just part of the staff. So, um, you know, I started running there and uh, continued to run. And then when I was around about nine years old, uh, that's when I kind of really, I guess, maybe started getting fast. Um, you know, I, you know, eventually made it to the, the districts and then on to the regionals. And then from there, you qualify for the uh, Junior Olympics. Um, which is the ultimate goal. And so, you know, ended up qualifying for the first time when I was nine for the Junior Olympics in the 400-meter dash and uh, did really good. Went down to Iowa and uh, ended up getting fourth in the nation, fourth fast kid in the nation at a nine years old in 400 and uh, continued to run. The following year, uh, I'm at track practice and a lot of my friends, uh, you know, they were there. And so they were like, hey, man, it's this kid coming. Uh, we play football with him, and he's he, he's fast, man. Uh, he might he might give you some competition. So at the time, I was like, yeah, yeah, all right, whatever. And so I remember the day this kid walks in. He has on this yellow jersey and these blue, like baby blue shorts. And so I see him, and it, it's Trey. And so you know, I remember we went over. We ran a hundred meter dash. We raced, and we ended in a dead tie. And so after the race, we looked at each other and it was like, okay, this might be something we can work out. And so from there on, uh, you know, we just continued to compete with each other, continue to train with each other, um, you know, and continue to run from, like I said, uh, they're on from nine all the way through when I was like 14 years old, uh, continue to compete, continue to race. Uh, that's our families got real close, Trey and I, our family got real close. Um, you know, we would get in a huge, huge van and travel all over the nation. Um, we would go to Iowa, we went to uh, New Orleans, we went to Texas, uh, Virginia Beach, uh, Michigan. And so we would just, you know, pile up and, you know, we would drive. And so, you know, we, we had a lot of good times, a lot of fun times racing, competing. Um, you know, we had this, uh, our specialist coach, um, Mike Young. He was the uh, head coach at St. Uh, Vincent St. Edward or St. Uh, Edwards High School. And uh, he was kind of like our, our mentor growing up. And so he took Trey and I under his wing and you know taught us how to jump we were really good long jumpers um we won some medals doing that in the olympics at long jump uh he taught us how to triple jump at like age 12 and uh we were jumping like 40 plus feet which was at the time like uh good enough to qualify in state uh high school state meets um at the age of 12. and so um you know continued to do it continue to compete and you know travel all across the nation and you know, it was a good time and so that's where we you know our, our brotherhood and bond started uh paris campbell he was also uh, part of the track team as well. He was a little bit older than me, um, but I remember, uh, you know, it was him and Sean Crawford. He played for Notre Dame. Uh, they used to go back and forth with each other, and uh, they used to use me as kind of like a little uh, guide. You know, I would start maybe about uh, 30 meters ahead of them, and uh, they would have to come catch me. And so uh, I'd like to take a little bit of credit for their speed as well. So, um, like I said, it was real fun. That's kind of where our brotherhood started. And uh, from there, we, uh, we never separated so I, I know it doesn't look like it now, but I was a track guy. And we've <laughs> talked about this a little bit in the past. Yeah. Uh, I, I ran 439 electric 40. And wow. I was – in the 100, my legs were so short, mm -hmm. I struggled to break 11. I hit it. I, I hit sub 11 in a couple splits in the relay, 
I was always the okay. first leg on the relay. We had a state, like a state record holder, uh, 100 and 200 guy here in Kentucky that was mm-hmm. our anchor. Okay. What was it like that first time you broke 11? Because that's such a big, like, if you're a 100-meter guy, you're not a yeah. real 100-meter guy unless you're running sub-11. What right. was that first time you, you crossed that finish line and saw, like, 10-9-6 or whatever it was? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think I ran it. It was, like, cold. It was, like, uh, you know, in Ohio, it gets really cold, you know, especially during track season. You know, it's still not uh, spring yet. And so um, at that point, um, or, or should I say summer? Yeah, so it's still not summer yet. And so at that point, I remember ran, running, it was like 36 degrees. And, um, you know, I'm freezing, I'm shaking. Yeah, I was, it's awful. It's awful. If you run track in Ohio, you know that that first meter or two, it's it's terrible. You know, you're, you're basically running in snow. And so um ended up running, you know, you know, sub 10. And uh, for me, it was kind of like, wow, I just broke a barrier, which um, it's almost like, it's almost like growing up, you finally hit a 225. You know what I'm saying? You, you hit that 225 on the bench press. You, know, you finally hit it one time. It's kind of like hitting that barrier. And uh, from there, it's kind of like, okay, all right, hit that. So now it's, all right, what's next? You know, continuing to uh, just continue to get lower. Um, you know, at that point, when I ran in the cold, I'm like, well, if I run this in the cold, then um, I know when it gets hot, I got to run something blazing. So, um, you know, it's definitely a special moment when you finally break that 10. So Tyler, are you saying since I benched two twenty five that I could run below eleven now? Is that like how it works? <laughs> you and Alec gonna get me right? Uh, Come on, I'm trying well, to make a comeback. Well, well, I mean, Coach Brady taught us there is a correlation with uh, strength and uh, with speed. So, um, you know, you might be if you get a good get out, get good get out. You know, yeah. You might be so able you're to saying there's a chance, bro. <laughs> there's a chance. No, there's definitely a I'm chance. I'm counting on you, chance. bro. Come on. There's always a chance. <laughs> So you're saying there's a chance. I love it. Uh, so, so Tyler, obviously you had the, you know, the track background and whatnot. Yeah. You, you mm-hmm. know, some people don't know you were, you were a great basketball star too. Let's, let's just go ahead and pump that side up. But when did the football <laughs> love really, really start to shine and uh, kind of take over and become what you really wanted to do? <laughs> it started when I was honestly younger. Um, my dad really got me into it. And at the time I played running back when I was growing up. And so, uh, you know, he was, you know, give me watching, you know, vintage clips. So I'm over here watching uh, Gail Sayers, OJ Simpson, yeah. um, you know, Eric Dickerson, Walter Payton. You know, I'm watching those type of guys growing up and I'm just seeing the way they move. And um, I just fell in love with just their moves and just the way they could do things. And uh, I also love the game <clears throat> Tag Your It or Hiding on Seek. And I used to love right. playing that. And so it kind of gave me that. Uh, football kind of gave me that type of rush, you know, being, you know, chased after, you know, looking to be caught, you know, and being the person with the ball and uh, everyone's got to catch you. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it really started when I was uh, young. Uh, like I said, l- watched a lot of old benches players, uh, loved their games, and I tried to be them, you know, when I was on the field. And uh, I'd be in my house juking around things, running around different things. Everything was a defender to me. And so uh, I guess it carried on to the field. See that guy right there. That guy right there could run. He could run. That is that wild. Guy. That is wild. Yeah. <laughs> That's me and my wife. That I think wild. in two thousand. Wow. Summer of two thousand. This was a lot of pounds. That was an extra human ago. Wow. 
The flip phone gives wow. away the year right there. The flip phone does give away the year. Everybody was like, is that a vape? I was like, it was 2000. <laughs> right. Was like, is a vape in 2000? Those weren't even around then. <laughs> I, you know what? You want, to, you want to hear the funniest part about that story? Is that was actually a story, a uh, picture that my sister-in-law had. And she sent me the picture and said, I know that's Kelly, but is that you? Yeah, yeah. I didn't age great. I didn't, I didn't age great. <laughs> I didn't I didn't age great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. Handsome, handsome picture all around, Chad. We'll give it to you. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but uh, so, so Tyler, we all know, you know, we all know that you – Committed on the Fourth of July. There's there's some guy in this uh, in this you know group that's in the room right now who, who interviewed you for your uh, your commitment. Uh, his name was Brent Young. I don't know if you remember, but <laughs> I anyway, do remember. <laughs> it was it was a big uh, a big you know firework Fourth of July signing came down to, to Indiana yeah. and Cincinnati. Luckily, you had a couple chances to really you know show Indiana what they missed out on. But what a lot of people don't know that I've kind of heard from listening to recent podcasts you've been on is is kind of the the road to even getting discovered recruiting wise i think that's a pretty cool story to tell and i'm sure no one really knows much about it within the cincinnati atmosphere but go ahead and just kind of kind of let us know how you had had cut your own highlight tape and sent it out to different people and then all of a sudden you ended up uh heading over to uh to become a bearcat yeah so um you know going into my junior year in high school we had got a brand new head coach. He was at the time 25 years old, um, you know, very little experience. Uh, the team he had just came from had like 18 guys on their whole roster. And so um, he ended up getting a job at Norton. And, um, you know, I was at the time I was kind of deciding, you know, whether to stay or whether to leave. You know, growing up, you know, I had guys constantly telling me I needed to leave. Um, you know, I had a lot of people telling me, like, I wasn't going to be as good. Um, you know, even from the age eight, you know, I was really good in youth football when I was at Norton and I had middle schoolers telling me, well, watch when you get to middle school, you're not going to be as good. You know, we're going to go undefeated in middle school. And then, you know, from there it was, all right, well, wait till you get to high school. You're not going to be as good. It's going to be a lot harder. And, um, you know, ended up having a really good, you know, high school career. And so, like I said, going to my junior year, um, you know, new coaching staff, I was like, well, I don't know, not sure whether to stay, whether to leave, you know, whether to trust these guys coming in. And so at the end of the day, I ended up staying. And so stayed. I loved it. We won a league title, uh, first league title since like 1997 uh, that we won. End of the year comes. I hear nothing from no one. You know, I knew I had a great year. I didn't get a call. I didn't get a text. I didn't get an email. I didn't get anything from anybody. And so um, I remember about a month later, you know, I go into my coach's office. I was like, hey, coach, um, you know, I would love an opportunity to, you know, play at the next level, but I haven't heard anything from anybody. You know, I haven't had any calls, texts, or anything. And so at the time, it was pretty open and honest with me and said, well, listen, um, you know, I kind of really don't know where to go. And he was like, I don't know who to call. He's like, I understand I got something good on my hands, but I just don't know what, you know, basically just where to go and who to call. So, um, you know, I took matters in my own hands. And so what I did was I created my own huddle highlight. And then from there, I created my own email. And from there, you know, I was trying to figure out, you know, exactly who to send it to, you know. Uh, I was like, well, I don't want to send it to the head coach because the chances of him, you know, seeing that is probably slim. Um, and, you know, probably some of the other, you know, higher-end coaches. So uh, I did some research online uh, on the college you know, websites and found that they had a player uh, a coach called the Player Personnel of High School Relations. And from there, um, 
you know, I kind of figured like, okay, it looks like their job is to talk to high school athletes. And for me, you know, I just wanted to get my foot in the door. And so um, I hit up about 15 to 20 division one schools. And from there, um, I just said, you know, hi, my name is Tal Scott, you know, current junior at Northern High School. Would love if you could check out my highlight film. Uh, you know, hope to hear back. Thanks. And then sent the, you know, huddle highlight film, the link. And so, like I said, I sent it to about 15 or 20 schools <clears throat> and one school responded. And the one school was Rutgers. And so it was a guy named Omar Hales. He hits me back. He goes, my guy. And so he's going to shoot me a text. And so I hit him up and I was like, what's going on, coach? He's like, hey, man, you got any offers yet? And I was like, none. He was like, word? He was like, well, I'm about to change that. And so from there, um, I'm at the next day, I'm in my uh, counselor's uh, room and getting ready to send my transcripts over to Rutgers. And my high school coach walks into the room and he goes, hey, Tyler, uh, not sure if, uh, not sure how they got my number, but Rutgers just called and said that they want to offer you and that they're going to be your first offer and that they want you on campus ASAP. And from there, that's how I got my first scholarship offer. Um, you know, and then, you know, some other offers started rolling in. And then fast forward to, I always love to tell this part of the story. Um, fast forward a couple weeks later, um, growing up in Ohio, everyone knows that the school to go to and the school that you dream of playing for is Ohio State. And so a couple weeks down the line, got a few offers. Ohio State comes in. It's a Thursday. Um, coach Tony Alford, he comes in, comes in, the running backs coach, because I played running back in high school. Um, he comes in and, you know, he talks to me. I have a great conversation. I love him. He loves me. You know, it, it was great. And so they come in two days in a row. So then Brian Hartline, he comes in um, the next day on the Friday. And so I remember walking into the room. He's sitting there next to my football coach. So he's kind of sitting there laid back, foots up. And, um, you know, I could kind of see he's just, just relaxed. And I was like, okay. And so I walk, you know, walk in, I sit down and he goes on this like 15 to 20 minute ramp about uh, the school that um, in, the, in the area that they didn't, the players didn't want to come to their football camp. Um, and he's, you know, just ran about it. You know, these guys think they're too good to go to our football camp. We want to evaluate, evaluate these guys and this, that, and the third and yada, yada, yada. And so he goes on that for about 15 to 20 minutes. And so at the end of it, he says, well, I say all that to say, um, you know, I want you to come to our football camp. And so I was like, well, listen, coach, you know, I appreciate it, but um, I have official visits set up for Cincinnati and Indiana those days that you have your football camp. <clears throat> and so I was like, I'm not going to blow them off to come to your guys' football camp. I said, so if you really, really want me, how about you offer me like you do those other guys across the country that you don't get to see at your football camp? And so then he basically starts talking down on Cincinnati and Indiana. And he goes, well, in Indiana, we beat up on them every year. And then he said, well, Cincinnati, he said, if you're the best player on the team, there's still a likely chance that you won't even get drafted. And so from there, I was like, oh, interesting. I said, well, I said, I came from a place where everyone told me that I needed to leave and go to Archbishop Hoban. I needed to leave and go to St. Vincent, St. Mary. You know, I needed to leave and go to all these different places to accomplish the dreams that I wanted to accomplish. And I had everybody telling me I wasn't able, I wouldn't be able to succeed and achieve my dream of going to the next level if I stayed here at Norton. I said, but yet, even through a new head coach who was young, I stayed here, I stayed at home, and yet I have a top four team sitting here right here in front of me in Ohio State. I remember the last time you guys have been here at Norton, I said, but, um, you know, I've heard all those same type of things before, and you guys are sitting here right in front of me. And so um, at the next level, I said, to be honest, not every player that plays in NFL went to Ohio State. 
was like, at the end of the day, if you're good and you put in the work, they'll find you. I said, they're definitely not going to miss an NFL. Like you just, you're not going to miss with me. And so, um, you know, we had that back and forth and that dialogue. And so, um, you know, that they ended up kind of wiping off my board, at least as far as um, where I wanted to go. And so from there, uh, I went to Cincinnati. And I remember it was my first spring, spring ball practice that I went to. And the intensity level, the hunger, the grit was like no other place. Um, I mean, Coach Pickle had the place just – it was just different. You know, you go to different places and you, you feel the energy. It was just – it was so different. I, it was just hard to describe. Um, but, you know, even coming from that kind of underdog mentality, you know, not starting off great when he first got there and then building the program um, up to what it is, you know, now and what it became. And, uh, you know, being part of that, me having that, you know, underdog story being under recruited out of high school I felt and um you know having that mindset you know it was just a perfect match and so you know at the time I think they were just cracking the top 25 getting some national recognition I think they were ranked 17th um you know but they were just different I could just see it um just the way they practiced just the players there um you know the culture there was just different from any other place I went to it's an awesome story absolutely yeah. awesome and and then you uh so you ended up picking Cincy and did they kind of tell you, hey, we're going to play you at different positions and see what happens type situation? Because I know you spoke with what? You spoke with Brown. You spoke with Freeman. You spoke with Denbrock. You spoke, spoke with everyone pretty much. And, and I yeah. think that – funny you bring that bring up that connection with that, that school in Columbus because I they they said they saw a lot of Chris Gamble in you is what I remember. You, you said, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So what was I, – I mean, how did the path to wide receiver really happen? Um, so I remember – uh, so the main guy at the time that was recruiting me uh, was Doug Phillips, who is now the head coach of Youngstown State. And so, and so he was there. He was he was recruiting me hard. He wanted me to come play running back, you know. And anytime I would go on a visit to <laughs> Cincinnati, he would always say, ah, "Don't say receiver. Don't say safety. Just say just say athlete. Just say athlete." Um, he wanted me to come run and play running back so bad. And so I think at the time, Coach Brown, he had just got the job. Um, there, so he was fairly new at the time, and so I said, yeah, man, I, I've been here for three weeks. Um, you know, I just kind of, you know, just want to talk to you about coming playing receiver for me. I was like, okay, cool, cool. So then I went and I had a meeting with uh, Marcus Freeman. And at the time, he was like, we talked about that's when he brought up Chris Gamble, and you know how uh, Luke Fickle coached a guy named uh, Luke Gamble, and he was like, that could be a possibility here as well. He said you have good, you know, defensive film, and you know, it could be a possibility, and so. Um, you know, at the time it was just kind of really up in the air. And I remember, I guess they were trying to use Trey to kind of ask me exactly what I wanted to play because I wouldn't tell him. I kept giving him the answer of like, ah, I'll play whatever you guys need me to play. And so they were trying to use Trey to kind of get it out of me. Like, Hey, what do you actually want to do? And so, um, I still never gave a definitive answer. Uh, but walking in to the building, they, uh, they were like, all right, well, let's, let's put you at receiver. And so. I think at the time they had like five guys, you know, lead, I think maybe two transfers and then three graduates. And so it was a, you know, pretty empty receiver room at the time. I remember coming in being one of five guys that committed at receiver um, that year. And then we also had two transfers, uh, Michael Young and then uh, Jordan Jones come in at the same time. So it was seven new faces in a room. And so, um, you know, they kind of just put me there. And I remember Fickle, <laughs> um, you know, all through kind of my tenure there, he kept trying to, Pushed me to play DB, um, then corner. I think that's where he wanted me at. And he just kept, he kept mentioning it. And I was just like, ah. you know, I kind of like it at receiver. And, you know, I just kind of stayed, stayed out there. I mean, uh, Ryan, could you imagine 
Tyler at corner, AP at linebacker, the Black Cats, just a whole different look. Yeah, Fickle would have imploded all the offensive talent we had. So. He's way too defensive hungry, man. I'm glad someone had to be in his ear to check his shit because thank God. I would have. Yeah. <laughs> that would have just the potential, the insane talent that both you and Alec have, and to think that somehow – as good of the coaching staff we had, they were still trying to move you guys around, <laughs> take away legit NFL futures. So I'm glad he talked about it. Up. He talked about it all the way up until the start of last year. Yeah, he did. He would still bring it up to us in the media because I would try to like, like I don't know if you know or not. I'm sure you do, but I was on you early, mm-hmm. like early <laughs> freshman year into redshirt yeah. freshman year. I was like, look, man. This kid just makes plays in practice. Like, we would be on this mm-hmm. podcast, and I would be hyping you up. And then you have your breakout sophomore year. And Luke you is know, still, I, I don't know, probably maybe corner. <laughs> I would ask him because I'm trying to get him to give you some love. And he would be yeah. like, well, he, he's okay today, but I can move him to corner at any time now. And I'm like, shut your face. <laughs> yeah, I remember Coach Brown. Coach Brown was like, "Yeah, man, you know, Coach Brown or uh, Coach Trick keep talking." I think I want to say was it my sophomore year? I don't know if it was my sophomore year, but I think he got. I think they were talking about Ethan Wright potentially at the time moving and playing yeah. safety. And so I think they were like, "I think we're gonna get Ethan over on defense." And then at that point, it was like, "All right, maybe we can, you know, take a shot at Tyler." And so it was sophomore year spring ball. And then Coach Brown was like, yeah, man, you know, Fig talking about defense. He was like, yeah, nah, you about to start. And so I had to start my sophomore year receiver. And so um, even through my sophomore year, he was still talking about it. You know, even after I would make tackles on the, on the punt team, he wouldn't. You know, I would make tackles on the punt team during the season. He'd be like, hey, man, you keep uh, you keep making tackles like that. We might have to need a spot over here, uh, over here on defense. Well, yeah, <laughs> okay, I'd ask man. him in press conferences, and you'd have like, <laughs> like six catches, 95 yards, and two touchdowns. And I'd ask him in the press conference, he'd talk about special teams. <laughs> that man he hates took offense. Pride in it. He hates offense. Yeah. <laughs> no, he took, he took pride in special teams. Like, you were not trusted to do anything if you weren't on special teams. Talk about – so this is a Gunners podcast. We've, uh, it is. You know, Very we've always, we've always sure. loved Gunners. That's why we were, we were big Drew Donnelly fans last year because – Oh yeah, they're on Gunner. He would he would get yep. down there in the gym. No, he held it down. He held it he, down. He did. But th- tell tell me what that was like having Trey on one side, you on the other. Some sometimes I think Alec was out there too at times, just kind of just mm-hmm. playing that Gunner. You know, kind of doing doing what you can for the team. Because I mean, this is a Gunner podcast, so we have to at least touch on. It. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, just getting there, getting to that point. So going into sophomore year, um, you know, I I kind of had to take a step back and realize what's going on behind uh, around me. And so, you know, we had, at the time, I think it was Jayshon, uh, Jayshon Jackson, he transferred out. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of opened up a little, you know, room in the receiver room. And I, from what uh, it was told to me, uh, at the time, Mike Young, he was in front of me. He was starting uh, my freshman year. And Coach Brown was like, all right, I'm going to move you over to the slot um, for spring ball. And then once fall camp comes back around, I'll move you back out to X. And so I wasn't having it. So I'm like, okay, cool. So this is kind of my opportunity to, you know, earn my stripes. And so, um, you know, in the process of earning my starting spot, excuse me, at receiver, um, once again, I had to realize what was going on uh, around me. 
we had Alec Pierce, we had Desmond Ritter, we had Jerome Ford, we had, you know, Josh Riley, we had Leonard Taylor. We had a lot of great weapons, um, you know, on offense. We had Trey and Mike. And so um, it was a lot, it was a lot of people to spread the wealth around to. Um, but, you know, it was kind of their time. You know, they had worked their butts off to get to where they got to. And for me, you know, I had to humble myself and kind of be like, all right, where can I, you know, make a role and make an impact on the team and it was special teams and i remember at the time alec pierce he had hurt his shoulder um i think the season before and so he was still coming back from it so he wasn't able to participate in any spring ball he didn't get touched that year i remember and so you know it was my opportunity as well to earn that starting spot at left gunner and so you know i took it and ran with it ended up earning the starting spot at left gunner as well as coming off the edge on pump block as well as being the off returner on kickoff return team, you know, so I was able to earn those three starting spots on special teams while earning the starting spot at receiver as well. And so, um, you know, it would be games that I would have, you know, one catch, one touchdown. And that was all yeah, that was needed from me. You know, we had so many other guys that finished the rest. And so, um, like I said, I just had to figure out um, what I could do to make an impact. And like I said, realize what was going on around me and where I was going to make an impact with special teams, you know. And so that's why, you know, I took pride, you know, at being Gunner. And, uh, you know, our goal was to have the number one punt team in the nation. And the two years that I started at Gunner, um, you know, we were the top five punt team in the nation uh, each year as far as net yardage. And then, um, you know, having Trey out there, <laughs> it made it so much easier because, you know, I trusted – I had somebody I could trust out there knowing, like, you know, if I wasn't able to make it down, I knew who was going to make the play. And then on top of that, it was also competition too because now, you know, we had it all uh, – there was a – yeah, it was it was it was all you know mapped out. You know, there was a two second get off with a you know four point five second hang times, a forty five yard point. So that made you had six point five seconds to get down there. <laughs> and so basically, you got to run a forty yard dash in six point five seconds. And so um, you know, each time me and Trey, you know, we would just kind of race each other to get down there, see who would be the fastest. But at the same time, it would be tough because you would go it'd be third down, and you go run like a, a big post, or you got to uh, you know run a guy off. Mm-hmm. And you come back after running, you know, 50 yard sprint and you're like, all right, punt. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I literally have to tell myself, all right, strain for six seconds and you're going to be good. Just strain for six seconds. I didn't feel like making a tackle at the time. I'm like, man, I'm tired. Just bear catch the ball. And so I really had to put on a mindset of like, dude, I got to run as fast as I can um, for six seconds. So, you know, the guy can fair catch it. So uh, that was kind of the mindset going, you know, in you know each, each rep I had. But, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. I took pride in it, and um, you know we were real successful. And that's Gunner talk. Wow, that was uh, yeah. we are we are officially a Gunner podcast now, Chad. Um, yeah. But uh, talk about that one catch, one touchdown that you just mentioned that the Miami game, obviously uh, mm-hmm. your your sophomore year, Ryan. I want to hear your your input on that as well. Some people say that was the loudest <laughs> Nippert's ever been, even rivaling the the pick six by Sauce against UCF. Mm-hmm. So. I kind of talk about that that one one catch, eighty one yards, touchdown to yeah. start off the the best season of of UC football history. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was my first start, and um, you know, I had a whole bunch of family out, and uh, at the time, I'm like, all right, you know, uh, we had a play called it. So I don't think that was the first, it was the second play. So I ran the ball, went to a personnel, ran the ball, got two yards, and I remember first, you know, getting on the field, and uh, the play we had drawn up. So Miami was a, a heavy cover three team. And so at the time, we had this player drawn up. They Just based off the way they played their cover three, we wanted to hit like a hole shot in between the corner and the wheel linebacker. 
Um, and so we're expecting cover three. But right before we went into the uh, onto the field, Coach Gino told Dez, like, hey, um, if they go cover two, alert that post. That post route could be wide open, which I had the post. And so, you know, first start, line up on the line. My leg is out there. I'm shaking. My leg is shaking. So I'm hoping they don't, you know, call a false start because it is, it is a terrifying feeling sometimes. It's the first time out there, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's nerve-wracking. And so, you know, leg is shaking. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to, you know, read the defense. So I hike the ball, take off. And I see – uh i see the i don't know if he was playing safety but it was like a guy that was low and so it was like one of the linebackers he takes off on a dead sprint to uh the to the hash and at the time i'm like oh gosh they're actually going cover two and so looking at his leverage i'm like well once i put my foot in the ground i should be wide open so i get to my dip i put my foot in the ground i cross his face i spin him around and i'm wide open and so they go cover two. Des throws the ball. I look up. I'm like, oh, gosh, he actually threw the ball. And so at the time, I'm like, man, like, I'm wide open. I have to catch it. Like, I can't drop him in front of everybody. And so um, I feel like the ball is up there forever. Um, eventually came down, looked it in. And from there, uh, it was a dead sprint to the end zone. And when I got to the end zone, yeah, it was, it was very loud. Uh, but I didn't even know what to do. Like, it was my first touchdown in college. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> Do I go and jump in the student section? Do I do a celebration? <laughs> like, I just remember getting to the end zone and just yelling. Like, I just started yelling, and I was just like, let's go. And, um, you know, it was, it was a cool moment for me. And then uh, I remember Dez running up to me. I think Michael Young was the first one to meet me. And then here comes, you know, AP. You know, they all hit me on the head and everything. And I remember Dez coming to me, and he goes, man, it's going to be a long year to one. And uh, from there, it was, uh, it, was, it was a movie. Ryan, tell me your uh... – your thoughts on that? Because, I mean, the hype heading into the year was, like, <laughs> next level. And to be able to put a stamp on it that quick and be like, all right, yeah. watch out, that would be nuts. Yeah, cause it's funny. Tyler has mentioned his first start. Um, it's just that the nerves because, you know, my critical, critical-ass position, KOR, we were out there, <laughs> and I was pretty amped up, you know, doing my goddamn job the way you should. And <laughs> – I just remember how amped up the stadium felt just like before opening kickoff. And so I just, you know, I got, I'm breathing heavy because, you know, I don't do shit at practice. I'm breathing heavy after one KOR rep on the sideline, kind of just looking around. Next thing I know, I just see the ball up in the air and just Tyler just running right under it, catching it. And that place just popped off, dude. It was, it was, you know, like you said, perfect way to start the season. And I mean, I wasn't surprised as he was Tyler because he's just, the playmaker that he is. So I was happy for him, but yeah, I mean, what a way to start a year being up on the Red Hawks and, you know, carrying that all the way through. Um, I was blessed to be a part of it. Yeah. My favorite part is really watching the, the sideline. <laughs> um, I go back, I just <laughs> watching the sideline. I see Dem Brock, they're all on the field running. Every, Coach Brown did a whole 40 yard sprint, um, you know, down to the, to the end zone. I will never forget it. And he ended up getting a flag thrown. It was, it was such a cool experience. <laughs> Tyler, talk about uh, kind of playing. It, you know, you, you got to catch in the Peach Bowl. Some people might not, might not remember that. But uh, kind of just mm-hmm. as that whole season goes on your sophomore year and then getting ready to play, you know, you win the AAC championship, obviously, and then getting ready to play uh, in, in the college football playoff. I mean, that's a, it's an opportunity not a lot of people get to have. What was that kind of like yeah. for, for, for you heading into that game and that whole entire preparation leading up to it? 
Yeah, it was uh, it was really nerve wracking, honestly. Um, you know, I was. Uh-oh. Did we lose him? I think we might have. I was trying to... I was going through the... Uh... Mailbag and whatnot? No, I was going through the old files. I've got a bunch of pictures of that touchdown. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then and, and for all the people in chat asking about the uh, the uh, candles and whatnot, I'm, I'm going to let Chad head that, head that, old, that old head talk. Yeah, that was I, I was the one that I was the one that I was the one that kind of got that out of him, that whole story. Yeah, so asking hmm. about the old head stuff. Need to hear about that. But oh here he is. There he is. Yeah, you're back. Okay, perfect. Um where we're we at, where are we at, where are we at? Just just the college football playoff and oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, so like I said, going playing in the Peach Bowl, just kind of get my feet wet. You know, it was it was a good experience. Um, you know, it was it was also heartbreaking at the same time. You know, losing on a a walk off field goal. Um, you know, we played so hard. Three you know, yarder. Yeah, a Peach Bowl record that 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 hurt. You know, even still to this day. You know, we fought so hard. Um, you know, and then you know coming in next year with so much uh, hunger uh, to 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 get back. You know, to that stage and. Um, you know, being able to have a hand in it, uh, you know, meant a lot. And the crazy thing is, is, um, you know, even through the whole year, like, uh, I don't know if Ryan remembers, but like, <laughs> it was times where we would win, but like, we were like upset. Like we, it would come on, we were coming on a Sunday and like coach Figgle would sit here and be ranting like, dude, like what is wrong with you guys? Like, why are you guys so upset? Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Hype, and, the hype, yeah, we thought we had to blow teams out. We were, yep. we, we wanted the playoff. We thought we should be in there. So it was like every time we would play like shit versus kind of like a shittier team, it would be like, well, we're we're screwing ourselves here. So you almost felt yep. like you lost. Yeah, no, like I said, it was it was such a um a, a, a whole like roller coaster season, you know, each week. It, you know, we felt like we should have beat it. Like it was like we won, but we didn't beat them, you know, and it felt like we had to like really beat them you know, to, you know, get the recognition. And we knew, like, we would be judged differently according to a lot of the different teams that would make the top four. And so, um, you know, it was a whole roller coaster of emotions that year, a lot of media, you know, attention. And Coach Fickle really tried to do a good job of just keeping us aligned and, um, you know, just keeping our mind in the right place. And, you know, all he kept saying was just win. He said, all you got to do is win. Just keep winning. He said, it's a weird year in college football. And, you know, I promise you things will work out if we just continue to win. Then so we everybody everybody we gotta let you I mean we we I told you we go long here. Yeah we're we're running up on the on the on the deadline here. So no, you're good, you're uh, good. The the people want to know uh after you're drafted, what will be your first candle purchase? <laughs> first candle purchase after I'm drafted. Look, I'm waiting for him to get endorsed, much like Sauce did with B Dubs. He's gonna have like a Yankee Candle deal, have the whole Tyler Scott line coming out, where it's Bed, all these different fragrances for men. That's what I'm waiting for. Oh man, first candle purchase. Um, first candle purchase has got to be. I'm gonna go with my favorite 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 one, which is uh, Marshmallow Fireside from Bath and Body Works. 
Marshmallow Fireside from Bath and Body Works. Never, never goes wrong. Never, never goes wrong. <laughs> Kelsey has that one in a hand soap. Oh, oh, they got it in hand soap. I haven't found the hand soap. I used to ask for like an indifferent, ask for that product and uh, or that uh, flavor and scent in different um, products, but they only had it in candles. So I gotta, I gotta get the hand soap. By the way, this is what I've been looking for. There you go. See it? <laughs> yeah, I see it. I see it. That's yep. right when you make the catch and you're like, man, I, I gotta I gotta get to this end zone really. You can see yeah, you're man, looking over his shoulder a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know where he was at, man. I'm like, is he right there? Is he close? Like you didn't know how bad you cooked him. Look, man, he was far. Yeah, no, he was. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that was such a surreal moment. <laughs> Let, let's get to the draft process. Uh yeah. How is how has it been so far? What has it been like? Just take us through, kind of going from a, a guy thinking about this because I don't think this was a tough decision for you. You weren't a hundred percent that this was going to happen, but then everything went, that went on, like take us through the decision to go into the draft, and now uh, you're you're going through this process and like experiencing it firsthand. Yeah, so it, it really started kind of three to four games into my junior season. Um, you know, Coach Brown, he came to me and he was like, hey, uh, I just need to pull you aside and have a talk talk with you for a second. Sam, yeah, man, what's going on? And so he was like, hey, have you, you thought about going three and out at all? And at the time, if I'm being honest, I said no. And I was like, I just kind of want to continue to play football, develop my craft and just kind of see where, um, you know, the cars lay. And so he was like, okay, cool. Um, he said, well, you know, I got a couple teams asking about you. And, um, you know, just kind of want to know where your mindset is as far as that at all, if you ever thought about it. But uh, just kind of want to let you know, uh, you know, there's teams asking about you. So if you need to do what you need to do with that, you know, just, just want to give you the information. I was like, okay, cool. So I just kind of want to focus on football, focus on my craft, you know, continue to be a better receiver. I said, all right, cool. He said, well, we're, we'll uh, revisit this conversation at the end of the year. And so the next day I go into my counselor's office and uh, Ms. Carey, she asked me the same thing. She was like, hey, Tyler. Um, have you thought about going three and out? And I was like, no. Um, I was like, why everybody keep asking me that? And so she was like, well, we I've talked about, you know, eight or ten different teams, and uh, they're all asking about you, and you're the only un underclassman that they're asking about. And so she said the, before the season started, there was kind of talks and murmurs, like, ah, oh, it could be a possibility. But she said now, you know, a couple games in, like there's legitimate, um, legitimate interest from the next level. And so um, she said, just kind of want to see where you're at um, as far as that. And I was like, well, I said, I just want to kind of focus on being a receiver and continue to develop and just see how the season plays out. Um, and I guess we could talk about it at the end of the year. She's like, all right, cool. So fast forward towards the end of the year, um, last game, Tulane. And the following day, it's a Saturday, I remember. We heard nothing from no one on the staff at the time. And uh, which was, it wasn't odd, but it was like, it was the off day. You know, we played on a Friday. So I was like, okay, maybe just give us a day off. And then coming into Sunday, um, I want to say we had a meeting at five. We had like a team meeting at five. And I think Coach Fickle, he was like, all right, team meeting at five, senior meeting at, you know, like, or team meeting at five for team, senior meeting at five. And so we were like, okay, um, that's a little odd because anybody that knows Fickle knows that we're not having a team meeting at five o'clock um, on a Sunday with still a bowl game left to play. And so, um, you know, time goes on, and I want to say that morning at like 1120-ish, I want to say, 
you know, yep. on Twitter and we see something, you know, it's Pete Thermal and uh, he makes a, something about, you know, Wisconsin pushing heavy for, you know, West, uh, Luke Fickle. And so at that point, I think everyone's antlers kind of went up on this one because it was like, well, usually when he tweets something out, like, it's probably means it's already done, honestly. Pete don't miss. And, yeah, he doesn't. And so, you know, at that point. Pete has been like, on okay. this network. He's a friend of mine. Pete don't miss. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that was like, a okay, there's definitely, you know, there's some smoke there. And usually when there's smoke, there's fire. So, um, you know, I remember that tweet coming out at like 1120-ish, something like that. At around 11.30, we get a text saying team meeting pushed up to 115, senior meeting at 1. And so at that point, we're like, okay. So it, it looks like something's definitely going on here. And so I remember going, you know, uh, into the facility and, uh, like, all the coaches were, you know, standing outside the team room, you know. And then I was like, it's an eerie feeling in here. Like, something's going on. And you guys don't just stand out in this area all together at one. And so – um, you know, I remember walking into the locker room, everyone's talking, murmuring, blah, 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 blah. He's gone. He's leaving all this, that, and the third. And, um, you know, there has a senior meeting and we all walk in there. Coach Fickus, uh, Coach Fickle tells us that he's, he's leaving. So, um, tells us that he's leaving. And, and I remember going and talking to him, uh, after he told us just to kind of thank him for everything he's done for the program, for me, you know, giving him a chance, you know, giving me a chance to, you know, live on my dream and playing the college football and just being a part of such a, a great run. And so, yeah, he was like, you know, I had to make a decision. And um, he was like, you know, you're going to have to make a tough decision as well. He's like, you know, whether that's to stay and take care of the guys or um, that's to you know, ultimately going to play at the next level. So that's something you're going to have to, you know, deal with there. And so um, that definitely weighed into my decision as well. Um, you know, kind of that and then maybe not having the, the uncertainty of who was going to be next up as far as coaching and um, you know, all those different things. And I remember talking to Coach Brown about it, and he was like, I'm be honest, I'm not going to tell you what to do. He said, but I think, you you know, you had a great year. And um, he's like, the biggest thing that I'm proud of you for is just your progression from when you first stepped in the building and your your, your ability to continue to progress each year and to get better. And so, um, you know, I was like, okay, cool. Um, talked to my inner circle about it and, um, you know, thought it was a, a good opportunity. I wasn't sure, you know, at the time, I don't think, who the head coach was. I think Scott Satterfield kind of had just got there. And, you know, I kind of knew he liked his dual threat type of quarterbacks. And I was like, all right, well, you know, I loved Ben Bryant, but he had got hurt. He had Liz Frank. And then, you know, he probably wouldn't be able to participate in spring ball. Um, you know, we were hearing he was going to be out for spring ball. And so, um, you know, they ended up bringing in Emory Jones. And so I was like, ah, you know, it's just a lot of, a lot of, you know, you know, variables. And, you know, I played a dependent position. It was different. I was playing like linebacker, um, you know, left tackle or something, but, um, you know, just a lot of uncertainties there. And, um, you know, ultimately it was just an opportunity to play at the next level and, uh, compete and play at the, uh, play in the NFL. And so, um, you know, a couple of different variables that, you know, kind of went into it, but at the end of the day, you know, I put my foot down and ran with it. So combine comes, you, you participated in that and then yeah. it as well. So just kind of talk about both of those and, uh, kind of what you uh what you felt like each each one was because obviously a little bit of a faster time at the combine a little bit of a sorry at the pro day and then mm -hmm. kind of a little interesting at the combine but you know kind of break down what what you felt like on both of those yeah i mean so i mean first and foremost being able to do it with trey was tremendous and it was huge um you know they ended up putting us in the same room in room 330 which is the akron area code so wow um, i don't know if that was planned or right. 
or not, but you know, we end up rooming together and room through the row, same room. So roommates, so that made it so much easier and just such a fun experience. Um, you know, being able to finally kind of tell your story, talk to different teams and um, you know, you see people that you see on TV and now it's like, wow, I'm actually talking to you about me, you know, and, um, you know, it's just a surreal experience and, you know, I'm just grateful for the opportunities to, you know, to, to be able to do that. And I think the biggest thing in that situation was being able to finally tell my story and how I got to where I got to, you know, give all the, you know, praise to God and even all the credit to my, my parents, being able to put them, you know, on a pedestal and kind of uh, tell how I've gotten here and how important they have been in my life to help me get to this, um, you know, to get to this point. And, um, you know, that was kind of the number one thing I was looking forward to was just to be able to finally tell my story because they do so much research on you um, through everybody else around you, um, but they don't talk to you. And this is, I guess, you know, pretty much their first time they'd actually get a chance to really talk to you and hear from you, the person under the helmet. And so, and that's the thing I was more excited about, most excited about. And then um, being one of 300, you know, you know, being able to go out and, um, you know, showcase what I can do on the field, participate. Um, yeah, I didn't run the time that I wanted to as far as TV time. Um, you know, that's a whole, you know, another story in itself, which you got the TV time, which is basically somebody sitting up top, just pressing a button and then stopping it. And the one thing you heard the whole time you were there at the combine was that this is all a show. Like, this is a show. Um, you know, this is all for, you know, the fans and, you know, things of that nature. That's why we, you know, run so late. That's why, you know, the times when the combine is like it's set up so people can get home and they can get the most views from the fans. Uh -huh. And so you got the TV time that you guys see, which is just, like I said, somebody up there pressing a button and stopping yeah. it. And then you have the scouts time. They're all sitting in the stands. They all have their own time. And <clears throat> they don't think that they don't think that anybody has a better hand than them. So they're going to go off of their time than when they got you at. And then I guess you also have the field time, which are the lasers. Um, but for some reason, I guess they won't release those. Um, I don't know if that's like a another time, but um, yeah, I don't know how that correlates in, with all of that. But um, but yeah, I mean, you have all these different times <clears throat> from a lot of different people. Um, and so at the end of the day, uh, you know, it was what it was. Obviously wasn't, you know, happy with it, at least as far as, you know, publicly, as far as with the TV time and things of that nature. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go rerun it again. And so um, went to the or went to the pro day. Um, you know, not before went out to dinner with uh, Coach Rabel uh, for the Tennessee Titans head coach, uh, along with their offensive coordinator, uh, Coach Kelly. He was there, and then I want to say they had their head scout. Uh, their head scout was there, and then one of their area scout was there as well. So it was four different guys that were there at the uh, dinner. Had a great dinner. You know, uh, Coach Rabel and I have a lot of uh, connections as far as just as far as people that we know, especially in the city of Norton. Um, his dad used to be a coach in Norton. Um, you know, he knows some of the people that currently still work in Norton, and there's some connections there. And so um, he's originally actually from Akron. He went to Walsh High, Walsh High School. So, um, you know, definitely have those type of connections. So it was a really good meeting. Um, they actually mentioned uh, – he actually mentioned, he was like, man, this might be the best recruit dinner we've ever had. Um, okay. You know, it was it was so good. You know, we were laughing. Um, you know, it, it was great. And so the following day, like I said, ended up going to pro day. And uh, like I said, they were all there. I think Coach Vrabel, he was the only head coach there, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I want to say he was the only head coach there. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and um, like I said, I was able to run it again, ran a great time, uh, you know, ran what I wanted to run, what I needed to run. Uh, everyone was impressed. Uh, all the teams were pleased with the time that I had. And so, um, you know, you had different times. It was anywhere from between 3-2 and 3-7. Um, and I heard, you know, kind of in that range. So, um, you know, did what I needed to do. And then at the end of the day, being able to uh, – 
you know, go run routes and catch some pass from Ben Bryant again. That was also uh, exciting and, you know, something that I cherish as well, being able to, you know, catch one last pass or a couple last passes from him. Um, that was really good. The fact that he was able to come back and be back and be able to throw, um, you know, even with his Liz Frank, and he was back earlier than expected, which was huge. And so um, I wouldn't want it to throw, wanted to throw with anyone else but him. And so, uh, you know, it was just a great experience. I just want to correct you. Zach Taylor was also there um, as another head coach. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Obvious reasons. Uh, plus, you know, yeah. being a Bengals fan, you know, yeah. I'm kind of hoping if you don't end up back here in Cincinnati, maybe <laughs> you end up in the NFC and that's totally fine by me. <laughs> but um, yeah, I did got, have a official if, 30 with them the other day. <laughs> yeah. So good, I talked to them. Yeah. Um, there are, couple quick questions um, in the mailbag for you specifically. Uh, we, we do a mailbag every week. And if you have yeah. just a couple quick moments here, um, the one question from UC Merck uh, that I saw that you hadn't really answered. Um, first off, how nervous were you when you were wide open getting the ball for a touchdown versus Tulsa? And who delivered the best ball while you were at UC? So how nervous was I <clears throat> versus Tulsa? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I remember that play. I remember we motion, I motioned over. Um, and one thing that they started to do was they started basically wherever I was at, they started playing cover two. So like whenever we would clap and kind of like look over to the sideline, um, they would just go cover two cause they knew like a deep shot was coming. And so they had seen it, you know, multiple weeks leading up until they're like, yeah, we're going to check out of this and just go cover two, put a safety over top. And so, um, I want to say I motioned over. And I guess anything, anytime we did anything weird, that's when they, that was kind of their um, safe look was covered too. So I remember motioning over and um, remember the guy, he ended up pressing me. And originally I had a comeback route. I had a comeback route originally. Um, and at the time, uh, you know, the guy was pressing me, but I seen literally nobody over top. He kind of looked behind him and made like a signal. Um, I think that was to kind of say like, okay, cover two, cover two. I guess the safety didn't get it. And, um, you know, I ended up taking off and running. And at the time, I was like, well, there's literally nobody here. So there's no reason for me to run a comeback round. Let me just put my hand up. And so, um, you know, I remember Brent Bryant, he was like going through his progression. But I'm like in the back, like sitting there, like waving my hands like, dude, forget the progression. Just throw a dude, you know. <laughs> and so, like I said, it was wide open the ball. Like I said, it was hanging up there. I'm like, well, there's one of those other ones where it's like, man, I'm so wide open. Like I literally I had to catch this. And so I'm like, I'm trying not to be overly too focused on the ball, but just kind of let it be natural and just fall into my hands. And, um, you know, it did. So, um, yeah, it was one of those things where it's like, you don't want to focus too much, but you just want to be natural with it. And then who, who delivered the best ball while you were at Cincinnati? Who delivered the best ball? Man. I'll put it this way. Des Ritter delivered the best deep ball, to me at least. He delivered the best deep ball to me. Ben Bryant delivered the best intermediate game ball. Just short, quick game, quick game. He would get the ball out, you know, fast, um, intermediate routes, those dig routes and curls and things of that nature. He was he was so good at that. Um, and even those cover two hole shots, he was good at that as well. Um, so if I had to pick. I would probably say Ben Bryant delivered the best ball while I was there. All right. And the last questions for you, people apparently love asking multiple questions in these. So <laughs> um, it's up to you, however long you want to take answering these. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Did you mirror your game after anyone in particular? It's been noted that you had to learn receiver here coming out of high school. Did you have a favorite non-football memory at UC? And maybe a bit far off, but do you have any thoughts or plans on what you might like to do once your playing career is over? Okay, uh, did I mirror my game after anyone in particular? Uh, not really. Um, I liked Hollywood Brown. I really liked him. Uh, as far as receiver, just the way his game was, you know, he kind of fit my mold as far as just that vertical threat. Uh, I liked seeing Deshaun Watson – or not Deshaun Watson, Deshaun uh, Jackson. Um, I still remember that that game uh, where Michael Vick threw him that bomb versus the Redskins on Monday night, um, and he, you know, walks into the end zone. I love just his big play ability, so I love those two guys. Um, I like – I love Devonta Adams' his, uh, release package at the line. Um, I've kind of – I will say I kind of stole his, you know, his premise of his releases, which is kind of like he takes the basketball court and puts it onto the football field because it's pretty much the same type of deal when you're doing releases at the line. You know, you don't want to be too close. Like in basketball, you want to do a crossover too close because it's a good chance that you'll just get the ball pickpocketed. And same thing in football. You don't want to do your move too close because then at that time, they can just get hands on you and jam you up. But you don't also want to be too far because if you try your crossover too far, they'll have time to react to it and catch up. You know, they'll still be in phase. And so same thing on a football field. If you're making moves too far, the DB can still recover. And so you have to find that uh, medium ground there, um, both on the basketball court and on the football football field. And Devonta Adams does such a good job at doing that. And, um, you know, I kind of love catering my release game kind of after him because um, I'm not the, necessarily the quickest guy, but I would say I'm more of the smoother type. Um, when it comes to, you know, releases and things of that nature. So those are kind of three guys that I love. I also love Terry McLaurin. He's, I think, a dog. I just think he's kind of underrated because of, you know, inconsistent quarterback play. But uh, I think he's just a dog, a leader. Cathedral um, High School. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was who I mirror my game after. And then – A favorite non-football memory at UC? Yeah, favorite non-football memory at UC. Favorite non-football memory is um, definitely meeting my girlfriend. Uh, you know, it's cheesy, but that's definitely definitely that one. Um, there you go. There you go. <laughs> is she listening? She's listening. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's listening. She's listening. <laughs> scroll, scroll an hour in. Scroll an hour in. Press play. You're good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, 58, 58 minutes and 13 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe a bit far off, but do you have any thoughts or plans on what you might like to do once your playing career is over? Um, once my playing career is over? Yes, I would actually love to start a sports complex. That's something me and Trey kind of want to do together as business partner partners, kind of support a sports, sports complex facility um, where guys can come and work out, uh, professional athletes can come and travel and, um, you know, combine prep. Things of those things that uh, things of that nature, uh, but not just be a sports facility. But we also kind of want to put a like a nutrition place in, like a nutrition factory in it as well. So you know, you walk in, you can place your order before you work out, and then once you finish working out, you come and you pick up your order and leave. Or after you get done, it'd be kind of like Chipotle style, just kind of pick what you want, and um, you know, you leave the spot and you can order after you get done working out and then leave. Um, you know, have sponsors come in, bring in protein, you know, cater it to all the, you know, athletes and things of that nature. So um, we kind of want to just do a whole big sports complex facility. Um, and we're looking to probably start it here in the kind of northern states, northeast area, because um, there's not really a spot like that. 
um, you know, because a lot of guys, especially when they um, end up leaving and end up going to the next level, uh, and a lot of professional athletes as well, they kind of want to go down south, which is understandable. They want to go down south where there's sun and, um, you know, beaches yep. and the water and all those type of things. And, you know, during those times, especially during combine training, there's snow on the ground here in Ohio. So uh, just building kind of like a big indoor sports facilities complex where, um, guys could, you know, come and want to train and work out and, you know, kids and things of that nature be able to, you know, all types of people. So, um, definitely looking to go down that road. Here you go. My daughter brought me this. She wanted me to show you. Oh, Watch yes. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have to get that for sure. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Mark Fireside. It's my new, tr- it's my new yep, trusty Marshall assistant. Fireside. She's, she's got the props. Yeah, my new trusty assistant yep, yep, looking yep. out for me. That's big time. Hey, great gentle product. foaming hand soap right here. Yep, great product. Marshmallow fireside. Tyler, that smells very good. <laughs> I can't believe we haven't asked this yet, and I know we got to let you go soon. We got to let him go, guys. I, Come on, I got it. Sorry, but I got it here. I like first half Indiana, man. I like. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, a, that's a historic performance. We got it. We got to at least touch on that. Yeah, first half Indiana. So um, going into that game, it was a lot of film study. Um, they were a heavy quarters team, heavy, heavy cover four team. And so um, that meaning for the people that don't know that basically their safeties love to play flat-footed. They don't get out and get deep. They basically love to bite on anything in the run game. Um, so that's going to leave a lot of space in the back end. So um, – you know, so kind of our first game plan, our, our game plan going in was uh, we wanted to, the, I think the first touchdown call was a post. That was in the, one of the, that was in the openers. We knew we were going to call that play. That was a for sure player we we're going to call. Uh, so I remember motioning down and, um, you know, looking at the coverage that they're in, I was like, this is going to be perfect. And I remember Ben Bryan and I had a conversation before the game started uh, at the hotel. He's like, hey, man, um, if they go quarters coverage and the safeties are, you know, flat footed and downhill, um, you're going to have one on one basically with the cornerback. And he's going to be playing outside leverage, and uh, the middle of the field is going to be wide open. He said, "So basically, keep your post thin." But he said, "I'm probably going to throw it to the middle of the field, so we can just run under it and catch it." And so I'll go in motion at the snap. You know, he's playing exactly how we wanted him to, and how we thought it would play out. He's playing outside leverage, and I knew this guy was real antsy um, on film. Like he kind of bit on everything. And so I knew when I got to the top, I just gave him a little one-two at the top, just thinking I was making him think I was going out. He was going to bite on it. He did, spun him around, and Ben did exactly what he said. He just threw it towards the middle of the field, and I ran up under it and caught it. Um, you know, so that kind of started that. And then going on to the next touchdown, which was a, another post route. Um, it was third down and one. I remember the play we called. It was called Zebra. And this play we had in for actually a couple weeks. But we were waiting for the right time to call it because it was a play that we called. We wanted to call when it was third down and one. We were kind of in that taint area where it was too too close to punt, but too far to kick a field goal. And so we wanted to call this play up, do a heavy play action, you know, go 13 personnel. So put a whole bunch of Titans on the field, um, heavy play action. And so it's exactly what we got. They played quarters, basically kind of coverage again. The safeties were really low. I mean, almost basically linebacker depth. And then the cornerback was also really low as well. And so I knew I could run right past him. Um, but I knew he was just – when I got to the top, he was just going to try to collision me. And so we went play action. I tried to give like a little signal like I was going down and block before the play started. So I tried to point it like the guy was getting. 
And so ball snaps, um, I take off and he's sitting flat footed, the cornerback sitting flat footed. And at the time I'm like, well, I'm already on his toes and all he can do is get his hands on me. So I just got his hands off at the top, stuck it, took it high and been through probably the best ball he's ever thrown um, ever and put it right in the bread basket. Um, and it felt like it was basically a one-handed catch and it fell right into my one arm because the guy had like jumped over my back and had my one arm grabbed. And so Ben basically threw it perfectly, um, you know, into my arm. And so that was the second touchdown. And then going on to the third one, which was a comeback. uh, I remember we were going tempo. And so we were going hurry up offense, um, just trying to catch them off guard. And at that point they had subbed in like three different cornerbacks at the time. I remember, and just kind of, uh, getting to that point, I remember like on some of the run game, we were like run the ball the opposite way. And I would just like kind of run at the defenders and uh, just give them like a little like juke move at the top. And they were so jittery and scared. Like they just started turning and running. I'm like, I, I didn't even do anything. And so, you know, their cornerbacks coach was over there just talking to them and yelling at them and things of that nature. I'm like, okay, yeah, we got them. And so uh, we called a play, like I said, it was NASCAR. We called, we called it Cadillac, which is basically a comeback, but it converts if you get pressed or, um, you know, or if it's covered too. And so uh, run off the ball. I knew I was running the comeback because of just how they were playing the whole game. I'm like, well, they're just going to run out because they're scared to get beat deep. And so I kind of knew I was going to come out of it, came out of it, knew the ball was coming my way, been Brian threw it to me. And then at that point, uh, just being a football player and uh, making a play and getting to the end zone. And uh, at that point, I was just like, wow. Like, I was even surprised. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I just I got three touchdowns in the first half. Because um, I remember, like, the years past, it was like, man, like, if you got two touchdowns, it was like, all right, you were the man, like, especially in the receiver room. Like, that was the goal. Like, get two touchdowns. Like, you were that guy. And to get three in the first half was like, that was just mind-boggling. Well, well so. and 158 yards. It's not like it was just, you know, quick yeah. little five-yard yeah. touchdown, 10-yard touchdown. Look, well, the man never touchdowns. had a touchdown under yeah. 20 yards. 120, right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually what I tell NFL teams. I'm like, yeah, I was like, you know, I seen a crazy stat at Cincinnati said that, like, I averaged 40-something 40, yards. 44.8 or 44.6. That's wild. <laughs> Yeah, that is, is that wild. the uh, is that the take Big you turn play. on in your meetings? <laughs> um, yeah, the, a lot of teams will turn on that Indiana tape and they love watching me uh, listen to me break down that 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 uh, that segment there. There you go, there you go. So, yeah. so real quick, and we'll let you go. Who have you met with? Anything set up in the future coming up soon? Mm-hmm. Um, so usually it's pretty sporadic as far as just you know setting things up. You know, sometimes you'll just get a call or or a text. Um, you know, in the morning, usually from my agent. Sometimes usually, hey. Um, you got a meeting with such and such at 2.30. Make sure you're open at this time. Right. Um, or a team will text me like the day before. I'm like, hey, you free anytime today or tomorrow? Can we hop on a Zoom call? And then they're just kind of set up from there. So, um, so far this week, I don't have anything set up. Um, I've talked to quite a few teams over the past few weeks. Um, I just talked to the Seahawks uh, yesterday. Uh, that went really well. I actually talked to them uh, twice, actually, that last week, actually. So, um, they're you know, like I said, really high on me. I love the receivers coach there. You know, he spoke really highly of me, so uh, that went really good. Uh, like I said, Tennessee Titans, they're you know, a team that's been really heavy on me. Uh, they called me again after pro day, and I had a really, really long Zoom call with the receivers coach, uh, Rob Moore. It went really good. Um, and then also the Colts, they uh, they've been in touch with me as well. Um, you know, they were kind of they were really in touch with me um, early on. Um, you know, I spent some time there with one of their scouts. Hey, when I yeah, when I was uh when I was there at the combine, so uh, it went really good. 
Um, like I said, hearing from pretty much everybody, uh, honestly. I went to the Bengals. Uh, I guess they, they had Trey and I out for an official 30 visit. Um, Who day? Was it Thursday? So, um, yeah, no, it went really good. Talked to uh, the owner, Mike Brown. Talked to uh, Zach Taylor and uh, the receiver coach as well. And, uh, you know, it went really well. So, yeah. That's awesome. Look, man, we're sorry we kept you so long. I told you. All good. All good. All good. It's all good, man. But I, I would like, I've been doing this a long time. You have absolutely been one of my favorite guys to deal with in my, my 16 plus, almost 17 years on this beat. Uh, we wish you nothing but the highest levels of success going forward. You always have an open invite to uh, to pop in and, and catch up and let the fans know what you're doing and where you're at and how life is going. Uh, I'm going to miss having you around. Uh, you, were, you were one that like, look, it, it, when you ask for, a lot of times guys don't, a lot of guys haven't dealt with the media. They're not comfortable in front of a camera. Yeah, yeah. Like I knew when I asked for Tyler Scott, I was getting good stuff. I was getting the good stuff too. that day. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was a pleasure to have you around and watch you grow. As I said, I, I was I was one of the guys screaming, Tyler Scott's going to be a star long you before were. anybody else was. And uh, I, I got one right. Yeah, you were. My parents, my parents, they're, you know, they love listening to the show. They love watching the show. So just shout out to them. You know, I love mom and dad. Um, you, they and dad. love they love the show. You know, they're always talking about it. Anytime I go home, you know, they got the, the, you know, one of the podcasts on playing while they're doing, or my mom's doing the dishes or uh, my dad's sitting there watching TV. They always got the Bearcats podcast on. And so they're always sending me stuff like, did you see what, you know, the Bearcat Journal said or this, that, and third. And so uh, I remember distinctly at that time, um, early in my career, I guess you kept calling me like 7-Eleven or something like that. Always open. Always open. Always open. I remember that. I Alex remember Scott's that. always open. Yep. <laughs> and so they would always tell me like, yeah, Chad calls you 7-Eleven. And, you know, that's how they would kind of keep up on my progress since they weren't able to obviously watch. So they would just always look forward to listening to you guys and, um, you know, love the show. And like I said, I, I appreciate you guys as well. And just, um, you know, believing in me early. And, uh, you know, um, you guys you made this uh, this journey uh, just worthwhile. Awesome. Appreciate you, brother. No yep. problem. Best of luck. What, what's, what are the draft day plans? Do you know yet? Draft day plans? I'm still in the process of uh, figuring those things out, but I'll either be in Akron or Cincinnati, one of the two places. If you're in Cincinnati and I'm in town, I want to be there. Sounds good. Sounds Set good. up a camera. We'll run content all day. All day. <laughs> all I got day. you, man. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. You have a good night. And uh, if you're around the rest of the week, I'll see you at practice. Yep, I'll see you there. All right, thanks, thanks, Tyler. Tyler. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, Tyler. Nope, no problem. See you, Roy. See you, bro. I told him we weren't any Royer stories because the man's got draft stock to protect. I know. <laughs> That's smart. He's got some assets on his belt, man. We he also said he couldn't ass. tell any of the. He also said he couldn't tell any of those stories. <laughs> <laughs> but after he's drafted he and everything, yeah. we're once he's on a team, thing. we'll have him yeah. back on, and okay. we'll get the good stories. But look, man. Yeah. I love that dude. Like dude, I love that dude. Polished. Yeah. Just sharp well, as a tack, dude. Before I was gonna say before we move on, like if Ryan has any stories that he can tell about like just who Tyler Good was. Yeah, who Tyler, stories, who Tyler was to you on the team. I mean, Tyler was 
literally every single day, just the biggest smile on his face, best attitude, just, I don't know, just always a pleasure to be around. He didn't say much around me. I think he, he kind of was really, but he was really close with the receivers and Alec and Trey talked so highly of him. And I like really respected those guys and what they were about and the, the things they would say about um, Tyler were just like the type of player is the talent, but then just how good of a, good of a kid he was. I mean, I, I can't be happier for him, man. Just, you know, I mean, uh, it's going to be an honor having him, you know, repping, repping the CPAW, all the damage he's about to do in the NFL. It didn't play wide receiver. Like, like that was not a thing that he was good. Like that he even knew how to do. Well, when he got to Cincinnati and he's declaring early, he's leaving after three years and he's going to be a day two pick after playing wide remember, receiver for three years. I think we all remember how critical he was. Anytime he'd have a drop in a game, like he, he, he didn't have be, many, but he'd be so mad. He'd, he'd bring it up in the post game press conferences. If he was on the podium, like he, he was always yeah, he, just, well, he did after the IU game. It, also like, not sure. Yeah, never shy to talk about it. Yards, he was mad about a drop. Yeah, but you know, I remember his high school days when Chad had me doing the uh, ever you know famous uh, recruit roundup. I I would text him and he he would say you know hey you know I had this many carries for hundred and blah 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 yards and you know three touchdowns and then I had an interception and a kickoff return touchdown as well. It was never a reception or a receiving touchdown. So the fact that he's able to, to, to put it together this quickly and kind of, you know, be ready. I, I mean, he's rising up boards left and right. All the, you know, Dane Brugler over at the athletic loves him. And he know, was the first just, one to have him as a second rounder, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and if you just, if you look up his name on, on Twitter or whatnot, it's just all things are soaring up and you know, it, it's interesting. He says, Rabel said it was the best dinner that he's had with the prospect because I, I mean, we just had Tyler on. I had, I have like 10 other questions I wanted to get to obviously. And I'm sure everyone else wanted to, but that was just so polished. He just knows how to really go in depth and really speak and, and, and know how to tell you the story, not only the way that you want to hear it, but the way that every got, single person wants to hear. It. We got three stories out of that that could be quantified as the best stories we've ever had on this show. The fact that he told Ohio State. Yeah. What an awesome story. What an Uh, awesome story. I was like, yeah, you tell those you know what. Arrogant assholes. You tell them. (laughs) Look, if you want me to not go to these commitments I have, offer me. And if you don't offer me, I'm going to the places that have. He said, look, bro, you're already here. Right. I'm I'm doing something right. You're already here. Offer me now. Or get out of here. <laughs> That's the Ohio State. It's the we're better than everyone else mindset. Why wouldn't you do exactly what we say? So, Eric, clip that at some point in time over the next couple of days and put that on social so media. Good. So good. Yeah. Yes, sir. I, I mean, the fact that, you know, yet again, that was another target for, you know, the, the staff and the program to yeah. add as well just shows – what exactly I, you know, coach Satterfield and, and even uh, Nico talked about it when he was on the pod the other day, you know, those are the people that we target are, are those ones that, that have that chip on the shoulder that, that are really, really willing to put in the work to prove everyone wrong and, and prove themselves up. So I'm a, yeah, Tyler's a man. <laughs> super, super crazy, super so crazy. Good. Nico and Ohio state didn't work out in that way. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, but he's uh, <laughs> Tyler's great. Dude. That was uh, that was awesome. Really, really awesome. And you know, he's he's been able to you know take in practice, which means that he's going to obviously be around a lot. Like Sauce has been willing to be around the program and want to be you know a Bearcat forever and whatnot. So it's uh, he also continued the streak of of underclassmen entering the draft a year early, which is. Not a lot of programs in the country have that much success heading into the draft and having the ability to get drafted and perform at the next level. So it'd be pretty, pretty doggone exciting to see where he goes. One of our best. That was one of again, and I knew that the minute that I scheduled him, and Brent, you knew it from talking to him. Royer was his teammate. Aaron's been like that. That dude is just—he's gold. He's—he's he's incredible, uh, and he's going to be an asset to the Bearcats for a long time. Because look. If you tell me 10 years from now we're still talking about Tyler Scott in the NFL, I would be like, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, he's a prototypical NFL wide receiver right now. Just just yeah. super fast, catches everything. 5'11", super fast, runs great routes, catches yeah. everything. Uh, complete, consummate, professional. Like, he's young. And he's, yeah, he's young. He mentioned Terry McLaurin, and I, I think he looks every a bit like, like Terry, Terry McLaurin. McLaurin. Yeah. I, I could see that. And so, and and I think Tyler's. It, it'll be exciting to see. Hopefully, you know his name get called early and uh, continue to see the uh, the streak of of Bearcats in the NFL. Um, but yeah, Beer Sports Show. Yeah, he did four threes. Yeah, uh, at the at the pro day. Um, his highest while he was at UC was a four two nine. Yeah, and which then, is which is pretty doggone fast. But Royer can run under eleven in the hundred, I think. So. So that's big. No, he can't. No, he can't. Maybe the hey, sixty. I think he. I think never... he can break eleven in the sixty. <laughs> God, I hope so. Please, if I do that. You, but you'd have to go back and just remove my name from all uh, Bearcat <laughs> rosters. That's great. All right, let's stamp it. Yep. Quick stamp Paper it. Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low, minimum, next day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029. Reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. There you go. Uh, obviously, we'll have more draft coverage leading up to it. I think it's two weeks away, right? Uh, the 27th is round one. And then three all the weeks, days that right? follow. Yeah, yeah. Essentially three weeks, yeah. Yeah. And so two and we'll a half have, now, I guess. Right. So we'll have plenty more leading up to that. But uh, what we have this Saturday, spring game. Uh, Chad, you were you were back on hand at practice today. The Warrior that I, you I was there for. Friday, but I didn't – Yeah. everybody wanted to, you know, wish, right. their, wish their best. And I, I didn't – Get to watch a ton of practice Friday. That continued a little bit today, but I did get I did get to watch some. Uh, ben Bryan's dad came down and I uh, talked to him for a little while today, and um, but nothing but uh, amazing people. The Bryant family um, for anybody that hasn't figured it out yet, uh, and you know, it's that part is tough because I, I want to watch practice, but I also want you know, people to be able to come up and approach me and, and yeah. share what, what Kelly kind of impacted, how she impacted them. So, um, well, yeah, I was there today, got to watch 
paid pretty close attention to the uh, the team stuff, 11 on 11, a little bit of 7 on 7. I didn't get to see individuals today, but um, mm-hmm. I was there. I'll be there tomorrow. They're back at it again Thursday. Uh, I will say this. Uh, if you're interested in working on your tan, Nippert Stadium appeared to, flee, appeared to be a great place to work on your tan uh, today from three to five. I'm, just, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. Interesting. <laughs> are, are, are we diving into that? But uh, no, <laughs> Chad, in a lot of ways, it's, uh, it is, um, it you know, more important to, to focus on the things that you mentioned before that, but from what you did see Thanks, today, <laughs> from from what you did from what you did see though, uh, is, is spring game you think going to be kind of a, a good display of the quarterback battle or a display of the offensive line versus like, like like what's the biggest matchup I guess you're you are anticipating to hear about from the spring game? Uh, the biggest matchup every day when he's healthy and been on the field is D Wiggins and Jordan Taylor. Yeah. Um, that has been – there was one today that uh, Emory Jones threw a really good ball down the sideline. Uh, D. Wiggins high-pointed it. Jordan Taylor was there in coverage. Uh, Kerry Combs deemed it incomplete. <laughs> Justin and Williams and I thought if that went to the video, if it went to video review, we thought D. Wiggins got his foot down. Um, I've had a couple, a couple defensive players, uh, after practice, tell me, look, man, D Wiggins is legit. If he can stay healthy, he's an NFL wide receiver. Like, I'm not saying he's a day one draft pick, but I've seen what NFL receivers look like. If D Wiggins can stay healthy, he's an NFL receiver and, and Jordan Taylor's kind of right there with him. Um, the offensive line has done a really good job in the run game. Uh, I, I, you've seen a lot of big runs from both Miles Montgomery and Corey Kiner. They seem to be two that have kind of separated themselves, although Ryan Montgomery and Ethan Wright have also, you know, had their their share of good-looking runs. But, I mean, the story is probably going to be the defense. Let's face it. The, the defense has a lot of really good players Beast. and the offense is still you're thin at tight end. Um, they had another injury at tight end that probably is going to cost somebody that transferred in uh, the season. And, you know, you, I, I like, they did throw to Shaman Mateo and Peyton Singletary a lot more today than I had seen in the practices I had been. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both made a couple nice plays. Uh, I think Shaman had a touchdown catch. Singletary had a long game. game. Uh, but offensively, they're going to probably rely on the ground game. And, and it's going to be, you know, and especially I think when you get Luke Kander back, and involved in that first string rotation. They've done a good job setting up the run game so far. The thing you worry about, Brent, obviously is they can't throw. Right. Teams are just going to stack the box and try to take the run game away. There you Yeah. Which I'm excited to see because I haven't been able to make it to a practice because there's no Saturday practices. So this is the uh, first one. And the weather, man. Uh, they, they picked a rough 
uh, spring to have the uh, bubble torn down because I feel like there's been a lot of but adverse weather taking away some practice or at least, you know, kind of, you know, putting a, a damper on them. Um, but Ryan, what's, what's this week like leading into the spring game? Is it, do you do from your time playing? Is it, is it kind of prepping for the game or is there, or was there not much really put into it? It was like, okay, we practice now let's go show what it's like. 11s on 11s for, you know, more than just a handful of plays or kind of what is that week like heading into the game? It's kind of like a gear down right from the beginning of the week to the end. Obviously, the practice before, it's more kind of like a tune-up, get ready to go. And the the one before the that one, it's like pretty much full go. It's like the same as normal. But it's kind of just getting your mind right, like making sure everyone knows what we're doing, kind of setting the scheme and just getting the guys – like known that they that they want to go put out there and like hey this is a big this is a big game for you this is a big day for you to go make some plays like they're letting you know all week long so mm-hmm. it, it's a fun week because it's a little bit geared down so you can relax and kind of heal up but then at the same time um, you're you're laying it all on the line or that spring game especially if you're not like a, a go to starter like a solidified one who's been there I mean you're gonna go. <laughs> Gotta go. What's Gotta the go. Uh, what's the storyline? I guess you can say that you're most looking forward to after just taking in talks about you know spring practice up to now and and different things about the team that that you've heard from you know whether your buddies that are still on the squad or or just you know through Chad and or coverage at all. I'm looking to see what these um, the transfers at the skilled positions on both sides of the ball do because I think mm-hmm. we really need questions answered there. Um, I'm excited to see how Jaheim Thomas does, depending on how many reps he gets. I'm excited excited to see about um, Jacob, wait, Jack Dingle. Uh, mm-hmm. Jacob broke his neck in practice, but he's okay. He's okay. <laughs> he's got a neck brace on, and knowing Dingle, that's a funny sight. But um, and I can, he's my friend, so don't think I'm an asshole. But he's okay. Um, I'm excited to see the holding, man. I'm just. I've heard a lot about the holding lately and how, how good it's been. So I'm excited to see how Bryce does back there. Holding <laughs> ball, like he does so well. That group has been really, really solid. Like I, yeah. I've been impressed. I know you're facetious a little bit, yeah. but the, uh, the fight the to Burton uh, exchange has been pretty good. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Consistent, and we got to butter Bryce up. He's going he's gonna to work here soon. Oh yeah, like, get him going. We got to get him on here. He's he's so good, man. Talk about a guy who can talk. He you want him to shut up because he just doesn't stop freaking talking all the time. But he's he's the <laughs> I best. Hate people like that. <laughs> They're the worst. <laughs> um, yeah, that's who I'm excited uh, Jaheim, about. Jaheim is out. Jaheim's out for the spring. He should be back early summer. Oh really? Uh, had a little bit of a back issue. Nothing yeah. major. Like you know, it's not anything that's going to be threatening to a season. But when you when you when your back gets a little dinged up, yeah, it's you got probably rest. best to just kind of rest and shut it down for a little while. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens at quarterback too. Um, I don't know how much they're going to let Ben go, but do you know Chad? I haven't I haven't talked Who? to him. I'm, ben, how much they're going to let Ben go? I mean, it seems like pretty much ready. Like okay, he's cool. been yeah, so he's I'm, been he's been full going team. So okay. I don't think it's going to – I don't get the sense it's going to be like a game scrimmage. I think it's going to be more like practice scrimmage. Yeah. Was that a crazy recovery time? 
Or yes. was that kind of, yeah. Yes, that shit crazy. Yeah, because I feel like it was just, wow. Because I, out. yeah, the I is coming. I can't wait. All, all the fuck, all the dumbasses on Twitter, they're going to be out screaming up in arms when it's, when they don't see Emery out there. So don't say I didn't tell you so. I know, Chad, you've been, you've been, You've been dying on the hill of Emory. So are you going to be ready? I'm to not dying it? on the hill of Emory. I mean, <laughs> look, man, there was no bigger Ben Bryant supporter on the planet than me. I know. I just, I know. when, I when you dip in, balls. when you dip into the NIL pool mm-hmm. and you go get somebody, it oh, makes, yeah. it, it changes the decision. That's all. I'm not I, saying Ben's not the better quarterback. No, that's I know. not you. You've misinterpreted slightly, or you just like busting my balls. One of the two, both are fine. But, you know, and, and here's the thing. I think if you're this staff, you owe it to both of those guys are in their final year. You owe it to both of those guys, to be completely honest. Like, don't give them the whole, oh, we're, it's, it's a battle. We're going to take it into camp and figure out, slug it out. No, I, I think they deserve to know this is number one yeah. going into the summer. And then let the guy that's not number one make his decision on what his future holds. I, I'm not. I'm not going to be a fan of them stringing one of them along because that's yeah. what they will be doing. They'll know. Coaches always know, right? Like the whole. Like go back to the whole. Like oh, Ben and Ben and Dez are neck and neck. Ben and Evan are neck and neck. No, they knew Dez was the guy. Mm-hmm. They knew Ben was the guy last year. Yeah. Like that's you know, you, you owe it to these two guys to be honest and just say, This is where things stand, this is where you're at. Yep. Hundred percent agree. Uh I mean there's a lot to see. Aaron, I'm excited to to get there and pal around with you and hopefully take in take in the uh, new names. I'm gonna I'm gonna need yeah, that I'm gonna need that roster sheet. Ryan, you gonna you gonna be there with us on Saturday? Do I need to get you credentialed down on the field for Saturday? <laughs> that's a good. That's a good question. I I didn't even realize it was this week until we started talking about it. So, um, yeah, I'd love to go. Um, noon on right. Saturday, I can get but like the whole the whole team is going to be there, but me. The whole team, but you. Yeah, I've got BCJ team, volleyball dad. Yes. The whole the whole single dad life uh, made its appearance the first week that uh, I have to do the single dad thing. So <laughs> uh, she needs me at her volleyball tournament in Indianapolis on Saturday. So that's where I will. Be. I mean, there's only going to be oh, like yeah. six of us there now. So I think we'll be. Plenty Chad, of I could, Chad, I'll, I'll clap her hand mm-hmm. on 74 on our, on my way. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll pass each other. <laughs> I actually might. I, I, I'm Shadow getting the feeling. Arms. I'm getting the feeling that this is one of those like, Hey, uh, we don't. Ha- it's not an overnight trip, but we do play at 8 a.m. on Saturday in Indianapolis, and I'm not getting up at four o'clock in the morning, right? To right. do that, no. So we will be driving to Indianapolis on Friday night and staying somewhere in Indianapolis if I had to go. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'll definitely need a roster sheet. I'll definitely Same. need uh, need need kind of someone just for. 
Okay. Even just for number changes alone, right? Like, right. Oh yeah. Not even, not even, not even, not even counting Lots just the new them. guys, but all the number changes on top of that. My I goodness, mean, it took it took me three practices to figure out what the hell was going on. We got I mean, three I'm, hours. I'm kind of crazy. I have studied the roster, but there's just so much. No, it's different when it's live. It's exactly. Different when it's live. Exactly. And for so, sure. definitely know the handful of uh, of returners, but I'm excited to see uh, all the new guys that are that are going to be infiltrating in and kind of see what, what things look like. And so that'll be on Saturday. A lot of excitement. Um, before we wrap up the football thing though, uh, did get a commit today. Uh, obviously the, the second commit of the 2024 class, it's slowly, but, but surely getting together, which is uh, fun to see Daniel James, a defensive back cornerback from um, Georgia, which is always a, always a great place to get a good player from uh, joins Jake Wheelock as the uh, second commit of 2024 class. Chad, anything that you've got on the talented high three-star? Um, I can tell uh, you this. Daniel James. They love this kid. Mm-hmm. Like, irrationally love this kid. They think he's going to be one of the – a top-of-the-roster type corner. Um, mm-hmm. Here's what I know on this situation. This was a kid that that they have wanted to land, you know, since getting here. Um, they thought this was going to be a recruitment that played out into June official visits and maybe even into like July and August, uh, right towards the start of the season. Apparently, he had visited the schools that were interested in him and had decided that Cincinnati was where he wanted to be. Uh, and he informed the coaching staff. I don't think they were expecting it. I think it was a surprise. Informed the coaching staff, like, I did my homework. I've been to these places. I have, uh, you know, compared and contrasted and made the list of positives and negatives, and Cincinnati is the place for me. So first and foremost, it is a kid that wants to be a Bearcat, and Mm -hmm. jumped in that basket this morning uh to the staff that's why you saw the the tweets coming from the recruiting department they were all obviously very excited uh he is i think he's what an 87 87 and a half rating uh this is a kid the staff feels is a at minimum a four-star talent so uh we'll see if he rises in the rankings for one for two just know it's going out and getting a top of the board, like top of your board guy yeah, early in a recruiting class. And that's critical. So kudos to them. They, they got that one done. They had him in town on Friday for, for an unofficial visit. He set up his official visit. He went mm-hmm. home over the weekend and decided Cincinnati was the call. And he, he jumped in and made that decision today. Yeah. 87 on, 247 rating and then the composite has them 875. So it's a it's a big time player and Georgia's a a hotbed state as well for yeah. recruiting and getting a stamp in Georgia like that as well with the new staff is is you know I think they recruited Georgia well at the at Louisville as well. So um will be awesome to see continue to pipe and uh continue to build man. So um a lot of excitement there and I'm sure they'll have some more visitors on campus this week and I I believe they're allowed on on Saturday as well, so that was a a big visit time last uh, last year at the spring game. So should be a lot of excitement. 
Oh, they'll have a bunch of guys in on Saturday. Yep. Uh, you can you can count on that. Oh yeah. Right. Well, we'll go ahead and timestamp this. Not sure where Aaron went, but anything else on football before we dive into basketball uh, recruiting? Got a little bit uh, to catch up on there before hopping into the mailbag. Aaron, anything else on football? Nope. All right. That is a timestamp brought to you by Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company. For all your non-food products, they provide mostly disposable restaurant supplies, products like to-go containers, cups, pizza boxes, to-go bags, can liners, napkins, etc. They've been open since 2009. They're one of the largest minority-owned companies in the city. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick at 513-470-2029. Reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. There we go. Quick uh, transition now into basketball. The offseason is upon us. And I tell you what, a lot has happened since we uh, last spoke. First off, uh, it was Jeremiah Davenport, the first uh, Bearcat heading into the transfer portal so far. I, I, I mean, whatever, who knows what the future holds, but JD, four strong years as a Bearcat, uh, thousand point scorer, and obviously gave his all that he could um, to the to his hometown team. So shout outs to uh, JD. And then, uh, of course, Landers Nolly made it official that he is keeping his name in the draft. So uh, another domino to fall, if you will. I, I found it kind of interesting that Landers' name wasn't listed on the Portsmouth Invitational rosters today. Well, yeah, that was one of the things he said, like th that he was he was going to be part of the Portsmouth Invitational. So. Right, right. I don't know if something changed. I don't know. I, like I, it's so hard to tell with guys when they hire non-certified agents the advice right. that they're getting. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm not here to shit on anybody, but mm -hmm. uh, look, if you can go to Portsmouth in his situation, you go to Portsmouth. That's right. just. It's just what you do. Yeah. And which he accepted an invite to. So I, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I don't know if that means that someone, you know, gave him a guarantee or I, I don't know, but who knows? Um, so that'll be something to track as well, but also a cool thing to mention that, you know, after a great, great season with Bearcats Landers really improved his draft stock. And now he's going out there and, uh, and pursuing a, a professional career, professional career, which is a monster next step that a lot of people in the transfer portal and high school players alike want to go for. So um, good to know that you can do that in one season in Cincinnati. So um, that's exciting. Yeah. And then of course, last but not least, you've got uh, Jamil Reynolds, the uh, temple transfer started his career at UCF coming over and playing uh, transferring to the Bearcats. He was on a visit last this past weekend. And also uh, Hofstra co combo guard point guard, if you will, um, Aaron Estrada, they came out that he was also on campus. A great for name, a visit. Aaron. Aaron. Oh, and and with two A's. Estrada, man. I thought you meant Estrada. <laughs> and with two A's, right? But uh, Aaron Estrada also on campus. Uh, Hofstra obviously saw their career end uh, to the Bearcats on their home court. But you know, Speedy Claxton bawling his eyes out when when Aaron Estrada checked out kind of tells me all I need to know about about the guy. It's just just someone that was really a uh, a monster, monster player in that conference and, and one of the best scorers in the country as well. So a name to follow, but man, Jamil Reynolds, uh, if his tweet doesn't tell you that he's wanting to put in work and, and try to see what he can do and have a big season. I, I went back and looked at his high school tape. And I don't know if you guys saw those highlights at all, but 
this dude was an animal and he still is an animal. Um, and if he puts, puts the work in, I I'm excited to see what that can translate with. And when you have Mike Rayfelt and you can put that work in, that's, uh, that's about the, the perfect match made in heaven, if you will. Chad, I assume there's no concern with him in his being a second time transfer, um, having to sit out this year. We'll see. You- <laughs> I, I, I mean, that's, you know, the NCAA has postured as if they're going to be tough as hell on this. Uh, there's a lot of times they've postured like that. And then. Well, which, I mean, if we want to talk about that, like, <laughs> does this all seem annoying? The the NCAA doing this just because they can't control the NIL. And they're like, well, we're <laughs> right. just going to be, we're yeah. just going to be assholes since we can't, yeah. we have, we have no control. So we're just going to be assholes. You know, I. Sounds about right. For me, it's, it, it, I mentioned it on the previous pod. It's, it's like a speed limit sign put up. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's saying, Hey, we've, we've got these hurdles and you got to clear them. But in the end, there are so many two-time transfers that are not graduate transfers already. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't have a coach at Temple anymore, right? right. Like they, they got rid of his coach, but they aren't making exceptions for coaching changes. If the coach gets fired, you yeah, can but... jump into, you can jump in the transfer portal early, but you can't yeah. actually leave because your coach that brought so you to dumb. the school. I mean, what are we doing here? Why is it okay that the school can choose to fire the coach or the coach can take another job, yeah. but the guys who followed the coach can't jump in the portal? You're, because, your commitment because they, is not to the school. It's to the coach. But they they want to enforce the opposite. You're committing that's, to the school, that's not stupid. to the coach. Yeah, that's it's stupid. dumb as shit. Sorry, I don't get to do this. Why do you pay? I don't get to do these look, rants anymore look. on my Tuesday shows. I have to do these rants here. <laughs> then why, if if the coach isn't important, why in most of these situations is the top paid employee in the state the fucking head coach? The entire state. It, not not the university. The state. Sometimes, the state. Sometimes the top two paid employees in the state. The football and the basketball coach. And if you've yeah. got a place like Alabama with Auburn and Alabama – Sometimes the top four paid employees right, in the state right. are football and basketball coaches. Like, mm-hmm. give me a break. It's so hypocritical and so stupid. And look, if guys really want to get injunctions and they really want to go to court and they really want to press this, the NCAA is powerless. We have seen this over and over in the past couple of years. They have except no with, juice. Except with Hudson. Yeah, but that was that was before this whole transfer thing was really like. Did Royer die? Is he okay? Yeah, I, I was I was, I was wondering what's about, going on. I feel like it's about egg thirty for Royer. It's about egg thirty. I mean, like at least I've got a twelve year old that's commanding things of me. You're, You're muted. Bro. I've got a twelve year old that's is. commanding there things of me. I might need to like pop away for a second. I I didn't realize that I was. <laughs> <laughs> I, went, I, went, I had to go pee and then fill up my my yeti and i was like oh shit i didn't realize it was that long nobody I does just, a yeti anymore royer it's stanley Stan, you got you got a stanley <laughs> dude i've been hanging out with nurses for a hundred days oh, yeah i got a stanley i got i got on clouds i got a, i got a pair of on clouds now like yeah. i i essentially am a nurse 
I got it. I got time. I, I got empties. So, <laughs> how, how great are on clouds, Chad? I Mike. so the only thing I don't like about the on clouds is my feet are a little wide. I got a little wide yeah. base, so they're a little tight, but they stretch yeah. pretty easy. They do, yeah. So yeah, the on clouds are are outstanding. Been a big. I'm a big fan of the on cloud. The, the pair I've got. Uh, I could see another pair or two of on clouds joining the rotation uh, here before long. There you go. I like them. But yeah, I I don't think the transfer thing will really be a. Like, we'll see. I mean, is that are they really as many as there are? They're really going to fight that fight with every multiple transfer because if you look, it feels like fifty percent of the kids are on their second transfer. Well, did you see the stat today? Twenty percent no. of Division One scholarship basketball players have entered are in the, the portal. Portal, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a bonkers number because there are 367 teams or whatever it is. Just think, NCAA, you could have gotten all the way out ahead of this, but you were stubborn assholes. Yeah. But we, guys, we can talk Reynolds. Yeah, that's on Jamil. That's on Jamil. He can be. And, and, you know, this is my concern. I worry about guys that have played overweight for a period of time. But if that kid grown man, sorry, grown ass man can get down to 260 or so the footwork, the hands watching him in the pick and roll. We saw the way Wes wants to run his pick and roll offense playing with, with guards that can, that can turn the corner and get downhill mm-hmm. and put pressure on defense. Like I have concerns about Jameel Reynolds. Mm-hmm. But if he figures it out and if he puts it together, that dude can be a monster. Like he he's he's so big, he can really pass. If you look on this YouTube page, uh, I put up a highlight reel of him. If you go to the end of that highlight reel where it shows him kind of passing out of double teams, reading defenses, it's a kid that has a high basketball IQ. If Mike Gray felt can work and and here here's another thing I think we need to start to really factor in. We saw Mike Roberts make exponent show exponential growth in the big men in that room last okay. year. Yep. If, if Jamil Reynolds can come in and get down to 260, 265 and show the type of growth that we saw guys being taught by Mike Roberts. They can have, I'm not saying he's going to be the best, like the best big man in the Big 12, but they can have one of the better low block, throwing the ball and get a bucket guys in the conference. And when you go back to last year, I know Vic made great strides there, mm-hmm. but he was, it was never a confident like Vic's going to, you know, duck in, seal catch a pass and get you a bucket. Right. And Reynolds can do that. Mm-hmm. And when you pair him with a Vic, you have two guys that are effective, but different. What do we talk about a lot? When I talk basketball, you got to be able to dance all the dances. If a team struggles to defend the pick and roll, you got to be able to have guys that can pick and roll. Right. If a team struggles 
you know, in, in today's basketball, there's not a lot of 6'10", 265-pound centers. Mm-hmm. If they struggle with you throwing the ball in and that guy being able to catch it and put it in the bucket, you've got to have that guy. Yeah. And I really like what this does for the front court with Reynolds. And like I said, do I have some reservations? Yes, absolutely. Because he's not a perfect player. But guess what? It's the thing that this is what fans need to know. If he was a perfect player, he would not be transferring from Temple. He would already be playing in the NBA. Mm-hmm. That's where perfect players go. I, I mean, look at his high school highlights, man. That looks like a five-star in the NBA in two years highlight. Yeah. It, like, right. it's it's unbelievable. Um but yeah, no, I'm with you. And and the thing to remember with him is like, you know, it's a it's a drive thing. And you, when you got Mike Ray Felton and a lot of guys around you who want to put in that work, I, I mean, just yesterday yeah. he tweeted saying, "Watch what I do in a year." Hashtag no more wasting time. Yeah, it's it's you know, surround yourself with people that want to get better, and then put in the work and and see what can happen. I mean, like you said, his foot, footwork is there. Everything's there. It's it's evident. It's putting yeah. in the work to, to to take that next step is what uh, what's needed. I hope he starts doing it before a year because a year means the season's over. <laughs> right. And I don't want him to start in a year. Well, maybe he meant like he's going to be hoisting up a trophy or something. I don't know. But anyway, uh, now, another thing. I, if you remember when he played Cincy um, the, two times this year, he had one where he like missed his own shot and, and tip dunked it back in, scored a bunch of bunnies around the bucket. And then, of course, he, yeah. he dunks everything. He, he had 17 points, five rebounds, and five assists, or like 15 points, five rebounds, and five assists, or something like that, in like 17 minutes at Tulane. And we all know yeah. how Tulane was kind of, you know, play really well down the stretch. I, it, yeah. He's a guy that that, that can do it. So, um, Brent, you, you've clearly watched a lot of tape on him. Who's he remind you of that is a former Bearcat? It's a Gates. I'm going to take the Chad role here and say, uh, I'm not a big comparisons guy. But, uh, I do think there's a comparison. Yancey, you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think That's so too. Not a not a bad person to be compared to. And if Yancey Yancey put in the work before his senior year, and you saw how dominant he was down the stretch of that of his yeah. senior year. I mean, so if Jamil just does that, and then you 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 at Wes instead the next step and and Vic's uh you know progression is shooting the deep ball and you know shooting away from the basket a little bit. I mean that, that means those two can play on the floor together. Uh and, and produce together. So I don't know. I'm excited to see what it brings. I think the, uh, the outlook is a lot better than, you know, what it is, you know, the, the down looks, I guess I I made up a word there, but who knows? Um, Aaron, Ryan, any thoughts on Jamil or, or any of the other news from basketball from this, uh, this past weekend? Go ahead, Ryan. I don't have, I don't know much about that stuff, but I trust your guys' opinion. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, watch Jamil. I I retweeted I one of I mean, his I, wa- I watched yeah. him during the games. Like I'm, yeah. I'm excited about him being here. I, I have said um, when we did the nightcap on him, like we haven't had a guy like him since. It's oh God. It's been a long time since we've had a. I'm gonna back you down in the post type guy, and I know it's more of a dying breed it's no longer a unicorn to have the guy who can be a big and go out and play around the perimeter 
Um, it, it's more of a unicorn to have a guy who can back somebody down in the post and have, you know, go up for the two hand slam yep. posterize. Uh, so no, I'm, I'm excited. This is, you know, old school Bearcat basketball. People have been clamoring for it. And yeah. this is the, this is the Danny Fortson, the Yancey Gates, the Eric Hicks, the, that style player. I'm not saying he's going to be any of those guys. I'm just saying it's that style player. As Chad I don't agree on Hicks, but Chad immediately rolls his eyes at me. Hicks was six four and a half. He like played. It. He played big though. Yeah. I mean, when have we had a guy who even played big recently? <laughs> Trey Scott played pretty big. Gary Clark played pretty big. Um, but they still had the they they had the soft touch where they could do the 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 Kyle Washington skyhook. I wouldn't put them in the same comparison as play. I wouldn't either. But they like you could throw them the ball and get a basket is what I'm Yeah. Thinking. Yes. Yeah. That's Fort- to me that's playing big. Can I post you up, throw you the ball and put yeah. two points on the board? Well, I'm looking more for like the shack. I'm going to back you all the way down and then I'm going to yeah. put two hands on the rim while bouncing the ball off your head. Yeah, if you watch his highlights, it's actually a lot more than you would think for somebody his size. It's a lot of pick and roll. Like, it's a lot of rim diving off of the pick, setting a great screen, Mm -hmm. and then rim diving and getting buckets. Um, Corey? Corey's another guy that was... I think Corey's a fair... I, you know, I, I think Corey was probably miss was underused, 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 but underused. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Barry dominated like the underused. tournament and and then in the game against Purdue. I mean, I, just yeah. unbelievable. But yeah, I, I mean, Jamil had fourteen and twelve against Nova. You know, fifteen and and seven against Vandy. Seventeen and nine against Rutgers. Twenty one and eight against St. John's. Like this, you know, those are all power six schools. Uh, tournament level teams. Tournament level teams, and and then he got hurt and and had to. Yeah. He was out for a while, and he then broke he came his back wrist, and, and he gained like yeah. twenty five pounds while he was out. What's like there's? Go ahead. Uh, Brent. What's what's not to be excited about though? When you have right now the the four that you're running out as your four big men are in no particular order: Jamil, Vic, uh, Sage, <laughs> and Odie. I still want to proven. I, like Vic made a lot of steps of, of protecting the rim, but you know, having another you know rim protector would would obviously be Jamil ideal over a block a game. <clears throat> I I mean yes I I hear what you're saying. Um, a lot the of thing that about Jamil because, that's interesting is what does he look like as a rim protector if he loses twenty five right. yeah. pounds? Yeah, where I mean, he's he had, more active and and has a, a better ability to get off the floor. He had eight of his 24 blocks in two games. So the, the, the average is a little. Which was, again, but that was early in the year before the wrist well, injury. Well, the five was against two lanes the last game of the season. Yeah, so it's kind of, yeah. I hear what you're saying. I just don't know that at this point right now, the way that the roster is currently constructed, that you use another spot on a four or a five. It, and I, look, you got a guy that scored 10 points a game. Like you yeah. need double digit scorers right now because without Dave and Landers, yep, yeah. you are devoid of double digit scorers on this roster. I'll take I'll take scoring over rim protection all day. <laughs> I get your point, and I don't disagree with you. Um, no, I'm just I, interested yeah. to, to see you know what what he looks like as a rim protector at you know 
Ryan, how much easier is it to block punts if you're 240 instead of 260? Well, it depends on what your role is. My role? <laughs> <laughs> My role, if I was 240, man, that'd be perfect. But Barrel in there. Get a little more speed downhill. Carry no. some ass behind you. Are his hands as big as Corleone's? No, nobody's hands. I don't know if he's saying – I think he's saying Corleone to Barry. Corleone, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's <laughs> hands are as big as Corleone to Barry's. Yeah. Corleone's hands are Alaska. Everyone he's else got, is all the other Catcher's gloves. He's yeah. walking around with catcher's gloves. Yeah, he's Alaska. Go, go Google it and look at the picture of Dan Horde putting his hand up to uh, the the outline of Coriante DeBerry's hand. Dan Horde is not a like Dan Horde's not me. He's not a. I got little like sausage fingers. That's not Dan Horde. Did somebody make a turkey out of Coriante DeBerry's hands? But it was the size of an actual turkey. Yeah, no, they made it. They they made like a like a, a pterodactyl. <laughs> <laughs> Coriante to Barry's hands. And they grabbed the uh whenever he would grab tennis balls, you know, on the court, like he would like engulf them. Oh no, wait, those were basketballs that he was yeah. So yeah, that's just uh that was insane. But giant mitts. Anything we can say on Estrada, or is that kind of just uh wait and see? He came out with his top four. I mean, um, so here's what I know, at least what I can get into. Uh he met with they Wes met with him on Friday. And then um, got a call like, hey, let's do a visit tomorrow. And then he visited Saturday and Sunday. Um, left without committing, but I think the visit went really well. Um, here, here's something that I think you kind of have to consider with, like, when you're looking back on a lot of these guys. I don't think... From what I heard, and I, I haven't confirmed this officially, I don't think he has taken an, he ever took an official visit because of COVID and like all the weird shit to that anywhere happened. to anywhere, yeah, to anywhere. He's not like Cincinnati was the first official visit of his career, so I think he is going to kind of you know play out the process yeah. process a little bit. Um, I know Alabama really wants him. Uh, I, I talked to a national source tonight that thinks Kansas State. I think Kansas State, like looking at rosters, Kansas yeah. State probably concerns me a little bit more than Alabama, even though I think Alabama is obviously a very real threat. Uh, but but Jerome Tang worked magic with, yeah. with Marcus Noel. And he's from that New York, New Jersey area. I think that could be... Uh, a tough one to battle, but Cincinnati got him here first. The visit went great. Uh, so we'll see where this, it goes from there. This is where I want to go back to anybody who says that Wes Miller shouldn't be a coach here at Cincinnati, though. Look at the just space that he is in right now, where he's in on a guy who's the number six prospect in the entire transfer portal, mm -hmm. and he's in that space with Kansas State, who went really far in the tournament, and Alabama, who was the number one team in the country last year until the end. Well, and Florida State, who, you know, Leonard Hamilton's obviously. Look, I will also say, never, ever, ever count out Leonard Hamilton. Right. Ever. Ever. Which I think can, you, can, you can almost he, say never count out Wes Miller at this point. No, no. He's, Aaron, Leonard Hamilton has been doing this for 40 years. 
they're in different conversations. I'm just saying he's involved in, just, it seems like yeah. everyone. He's doing a great job getting involved with guys that he thinks. What What did I tell everybody a couple weeks ago? The goal is to land two top of the roster players going into the, at least two top of the roster players going into the big 12. They think Reynolds is one. If things go right, I think that could very well be the case. But with big men, it's not as easy as it is with guards and wings. There are a lot of guard, top of the roster guards and wings in the portal. There's just not as many big men. So I think you have to have, It's you're going to probably take a chance on a guy like Reynolds and say, we think we can develop him into that. Yeah. With guards, you don't have to, like Landers was, First team, all uh, a, a all ACC rookie, and then first team All American as well on his roster on his resume. Right, you knew that dude was going to be an impact player. Yeah, it it, it it takes twists and turns, but they think they got a cornerstone guy in Reynolds. They're doing everything they can to get Estrada. And then we'll see kind of, you know, where things go from there. And I'm not disagreeing with you completely, Aaron. I, like, I'm it, – it's just – the portal's weird, man. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. It's well, a and weird deal. It's it, it's kind of – it's weird. It's, it's also kind of exhilarating, if you will. Um, obviously, you want the, the Bearcats to do everything they can to, uh, you know, come out – looking sure. great and filling, you know, spots, but every team in the country is working in the portal. It, it's just, it is a crazy thing right now. And uh, it's something where, you know, players will, will decide where they think is best for them to further their career, whether it be one thing or the other. And I think Cincinnati's been able to show under Wes Miller, you can improve your draft stock. You can be a part of a movement where there are highly rated recruits coming in to, continue the, the upward trajectory that that Wes and the team is on you know there's there's a lot of things pointing in the right direction for the Bearcats and especially for I, these players that want to transfer in here's the other thing and, and Reynolds echoed this uh in some comments about his commitment players just connect with Wes right like for whatever and I know what like I get it because I've dealt with him for a long time I, I understand what that reasoning is mm -hmm. he's got that personality He's played at the highest level. He's got a championship ring from North Carolina. Like he resonates with guys. Is that is that always going to be the answer? No, it's not always going to be the answer. Yeah. But but when guys come in, he's going to be able to tell them, "I've been there, man. Like mm -hmm. I've been in your shoes. I've done it." And you know that that says a lot. And Estrada said that to Travis Brandon too. So. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's all positive things there. Yeah. Um. Anything real quick, or we we hop in mailbag. Let's mailbag it. Yep. We gotta get out of here. Got it. All right. Uh, let me quick paper supply timestamp this. Real okay. Quick paper supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low minimum next day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. 
They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick at 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. You're good. You're good, Aaron. You're a good typer. Typer, no typing. Um, but yeah, should be. Uh, I, you know, just just one last thing on the portal as Aaron's doing what he's doing. Um, I mean, the movement has been crazy, and it's something that you need to be patient about as well because it's ever changing. So we'll see what happens. Aaron, take her. All away. right. Um, football is what we covered. Uh, the only questions in there were for Tyler. So moving on to the basketball portion of the mailbag. And I apologize. I didn't go back to look at anybody's questions from last week. There was a lot going on. and Yeah, that's fine. All right. Um, so the basketball portion of the mailbag. Are there plans to have the new women's basketball coach on, perhaps with some assistance? As Chad has mentioned, past history with at least one of them. We would love to hear uh, the real backstory, such as it might exist. Can we expect to hear more or see threads regarding women's basketball recruiting, including the portal, and your abundant spare time, of course? Might this be an opportunity for a student intern, perhaps? Granted, the women have not done a whole lot recently to get the fan base excited, but then neither has men's baseball. Should there be threads in the banks for all of our non-priority sports? No apologies for the multi-part question. You guys can do that. You guys can start all the threads you want. You guys can talk about whatever you want to talk about. And if it starts to gain traction, like that that's why we cover baseball. There are people that want to talk about it. Is it overwhelming? No, but there's a consistent crowd that wants to talk about UC baseball. So we provided them a place to do that. If you guys show that there is a large enough desire for us to grow our women's basketball coverage, we'll do it. Like that's that's business, right? Like, by the way, there's there's I think a tie right now for the most baseball players uh, in the new Big Twelve, Cincinnati being at the top, most MLB baseball players. So I, that's not to say that Aaron and I have talked about having the new women's coach on, Mm -hmm. Uh, Abby Jump. I don't know Abby like directly outside of knowing her when she was a very small child. Uh, her dad was my sixth grade teacher. He was also uh, a baseball coach of mine uh, on a team or the team I, I, I talk about. We won a not whole city championship. Her dad was one of our coaches on that team. I love him. He is uh, a very good, you know, a, a close friend. Um, could we have Abby on? Yeah, that's possible. But when it comes to creating work positions when it comes to adding people to the team we're only going to do that if you guys show it's what you want you guys showed you wanted more ryan royer content we added ryan royer to the team you know it is like that's delivered for the people yeah you we have a basketball board if you guys are talking so much about women's basketball that i need to create a new board then we'll start talking about adding content creators and, and people to cover women's basketball. And you know how they help that? They, they start winning because it's really hard. It's like going to Lubbock. It's really hard to cover a team that struggles to win regularly. 
you know, I, I will say Katrina Merriweather. Cathedral High School alum, so keep the uh, go get her, get her on the show. Like I'm more than keep welcome the brand to give her flowing. A I'm more than welcome to give her a platform. But keep the, the Irish brand brand flowing, baby. <laughs> All right. Um, apparently, I used the word football on the basketball board, so we do have some. That's fine. Uh, based on perception, returners, new faces, spring practice alone, rank the Bearcats defense in the 14-team Big 12 this year. Is it top three? Will it be top 20 I, nationally? I, I have no fucking – I haven't rated the other – like I haven't seen anything from the other 13 teams. I don't even know who plays where yet. Like I'm still figuring that out. I don't – I don't. it's way – like I don't know. I learn better with my eyes than with my ears. Just yeah, I, I like I, – I think they're going to be really good. I think – I think Jordan Young is very, very good at corner. I think DJ Taylor and uh, Brian Threats and Armorian Smith, like there's a group at safety that's that's strong. Uh, when Jaheim Thomas gets back, and you've got, uh, I've heard a lot of good things from this staff on their thoughts on Jack Dingle and uh, Dorian James, and you've got an outstanding defensive line. The defense should be very good. Where does it rate in terms of uh, like analyzing the other Big Twelve teams? I'd I'd have to know a lot more about the other Big Twelve teams. Will it be top twenty nationally in a conference that scores the way that this conference does? That's probably going to be difficult. There's a lot of really good offenses, so even if you're good on defense, Roy, you can speak to this. Even if you're good on defense, great offenses are going to get their yards. <coughs> Yes. You're not just going to be able to completely shut down the machine. You just got to slow it down and eliminate the big plays. But they're going to find ways to make stuff happen. True coach talk right there <laughs> with Ryan Royer. <laughs> we, that's, a se- uh, that's a segment we could sell, coach speak with Ryan Royer. <laughs> so we take the mailbag questions. And Royer just like fickles them up. <laughs> Look, I live under a rock. I don't know. I don't know where anybody else is going to be ranked nationally. I, I live under a rock. I haven't. I haven't watched any football since I was 15 years old, back before I was there even wrestling. Uh, I ask this every year and always forget. But do we know when the four new guys will be on campus? Apologies if you covered that already. Uh, I haven't covered it already. It's generally just when they graduate from high school. Um, some places like Dam was caught up last year. Philly is a state that for Philadelphia is a city. Is a city in, a in Pennsylvania. High schools in Philly generally graduate like later in June, like second week of June. So that messes with some of like the. When can you enroll in classes for summer? Um, generally, as long as they have like standard graduation dates, it's that first week or two of June. Uh, but it, graduation dates can mess it up a little bit. All right. Uh, Chad, have there been on-campus visits that are being kept quiet? No. 
Do the national recruiting rankings include portal transfers and who and how determines a portal player's ranking? There are national recruiting rankings for high school players. There are national recruiting rankings for portal transfers and the national team hired by 24 seven to evaluate such things are the one that determine a portal player's ranking. They have been working on uh, like a, a, a mix, like a way to combine portal and high school and make like a cumulative ranking. I don't, I don't know how you necessarily do that, but I'm sure they'll come up with some kind of algorithm that'll make it uh, something that we argue about for years to come. Hooray. How hard or easy will it be for the guys who transfer twice but aren't grad transfers like Reynolds, Cisse, and potentially Hensley to get a waiver? Are there concerns that some or all of the these guys will have to sit out a year before playing? Yeah, there's concern. Uh, I don't think – like uh, we talked about this a little bit ago – I, I think the NCAA is no bark or all bark, no bite, but this is one thing that if they really wanted to be assholes about, they could be. And generally when they can be, they are because they're getting their face kicked in on every other thing. I don't want to sound cynical about mental health, but I mean, if you did file a mental health waiver, good luck trying to prove otherwise if you yeah. are the NCAA. We'll see. Uh, have you heard of potential landing spots for JD? It has not been on my uh, to-do list. Okay. That is the football uh, portion Paul, of the mailbag in the, by, by in the, the way, basketball Paul, portion. Uh, I can't have Abby on until she's officially hired. I don't think that's happened yet. I can do whatever I want. I don't work for UC. <laughs> I love you, Paul. I can do whatever I want. I, I don't work there. And we, the we have Royer co-hosting this show. You think the people at UC are happy about some of the stories that have been told they don't on this that. show? I keep forgetting that I'm speaking out into the void of the internet and that this is all recorded. And I'll just like think, especially when I'm at work and like Have you gotten the calls? Guys, Has anybody been like Ryan? No, not yet. No, but then I'm okay. like, holy shit, this is all forever. <laughs> the, guys, the guys at work, they're like, hey, good show this week. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, I don't want to hear from HR. Well, be glad you don't drink during the shows, right? Yeah. No, I, I mean, my yeah, first Paul, she does. Yes. But that doesn't mean we can't do anything. We can do anything we want. Like having Royer on with Nico and just letting those two roll the dice for, they were shooting craps for like an hour, you and Nico. Yeah. We only answer to God, not <laughs> Zach Steep. <laughs> All right, and the last question from the Banks portion of the mailbag. Skins I didn't look is, at this, oh boy. Skins is back. Uh, welcome back, great guest. Chad, I'm not going to say the usual things that you are hearing. Just know we all have your back and wish you the best in a terrible situation. Rapid fire 
copy and paste from last week's mailbag edition. Uh, Aglamesis Brothers or Graders? I don't know what that first one is. I'm Graders. going Graders all day. Graders. Golden Gelato, Pike Street, Covington, Kentucky. You're broken. Best ice cream in the city. You're gelato. broken. Best gelato Bro in the city. You're Eric, broken. go have it. Go fucking have it. I'm telling you, I'm, go have it. That's like three hour drive for ice cream. If I'm when driving three hours, I'm if I'm driving three hours, I'm getting graders. Next, regular, yeah, not it's not not from the scoop in the place. Regular getta or hot getta, hot getta, hot getta. I'm a regular getta guy. I prefer regular. I like it hot. I like spicy stuff. Chat thinks McDonald's Sprite is spicy though. Yeah, but you it is spicy. Understand what that means? Why is it spicy? They're Brain putting some in it, man. I don't Brain know what it is. The syrup. Hash, hash browns or home fries? What kind of hash browns? Oh, I'm man. hash browns. Like, like a oh. McDonald's hash brown? I'm thinking oh. it's the hash browns where it's like long and flat and they like yeah. flip it in a skillet. Waffle House Both. hash browns. <laughs> I like home fries, man. Both, nice if done right, are yeah. elite. Right. So... Best hash browns in the city that I've ever had. Omelet House in Eastgate, kind of out by Jungle Gyms. Okay. Amazing. And then the best home, like uh, like home style potatoes that I've had, Fort Wright Restaurant, uh, right up the Cut in the Hill. As soon as you get to the top of the Cut in the Hill, they, I think, I think, Royer, I think they boil them to get them soft. Uh huh. And then they slice them and put them on the flat top to crisp them. That sounds fire. They're amazing. They're what awesome. is this Fort Wright? Fort Wright restaurant. And like, is this just like what about their other food? <laughs> oh, omelets are amazing. <laughs> they have right. double decker sandwiches that are about like this. Okay, is it like a breakfast joint? Mainly? It's a bre It's like a breakfast lunch joint. Uh, okay. Right. I need like some right more there. of that. I love Fort Wright restaurant. They're Where? their home fries. In the hill. So you is. go up the hill on 7175. Yeah. And yeah, as yeah. soon as you get up to cutting the hill, it's the Kyle's Lane exit, right at the top of the hill. Always and it's right there. Talking about these Kentucky spots that no one's ever. I, going I talked to about Omelet House and Eastgate is the best hash Kentucky. browns. Those are the best. The Omelet House and Eastgate's the best hash browns I've ever had. They put that shit on my plate. I was like, I'm Ooh. coming here forever. <laughs> I'm coming to eat these hash browns forever. Is that the same same as Fort Wright? Is it uh does all the other shit hold up? Small, yeah, small mom and pop, like the you know it's in a gas it's, station parking lot. It is. The omelet house <laughs> is in a gas station parking lot. It's connected to a gas station. There's Let's like 12 to. tables. There's 12 and it's tables. not even like a good gas station, it's like an Ameristop or something. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Do, but do people but, know about it? Like, is it not really? Like a hit? It's, not really. You walk in and get a table. It's it's yeah, but it's 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 crowded, but it's not like you, there's nowhere to wait if you did yeah. <laughs> You go wait in your car in the gas go station the gas, parking lot. Go to the gas station. Here. T wins right. It is spicy. It's got some. It's, it's spicy. Some heat. There's it's some spicy. On that. I, I can't. I can't. Why is, these people. Why is it, it spicy? hurts your mouth? <laughs> you, but it you feels people. so good. Why is you it people? It's delicious. It hurts, but it feels so good, man. All right, and the last question. Uh, Follow-up question. When playing Madden and creating yourself as a player, what position do you go with? For me, I tended to make myself into an Aaron Donald-like defensive tackle. Yeah, I've never heard that. Yeah, me neither. I always did running back. 
wide receiver. Quarterback. I always did franchise because I wanted to be in control of the whole fucking team. I didn't ever want to be a player. You uh, never did Road to Glory or I, anything? No, yeah. no. Oh Waste. God, me and my brother did that so much. Give me Same franchise. Like, it's crazy. That was fun. Quarterback, baby. Always a scrambler. That's the mailbag. Get us out of here, Brent. All right. Anything else, guys? We're at 220 right now. Uh, Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. And we've had a lot of great guests. Tyler Scott is in that. Not only was he a great guest, but he told some stories. Yes. I know he's that poor man. That Ohio State story is one of the best shitting on Ohio State on the block O that I've ever heard in my entire life. Baker Mayfield, plant that damn flag. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, Chad, we love love you, Love all of you. We've had a huge crowd all night tonight. Uh, Thank you to everybody for tuning in. Thanks for Tyler uh, helping make that happen. Brent, Brian, Aaron, love you guys. Love you, brother. Yep. I'm, I'm gonna always. go before I I'm gonna go before I cry. Yeah, man. We love you. Always thinking about you. Uh shout out as well, Danco Transmission. I know Joe, we didn't we didn't quite get you out there, but uh we, we're always thinking about you, always love you. But uh hey Chad man, we're all here for you, man. So um love shout you. out to, to Tyler, big thanks to him for coming on. But uh for my broadcast pals, we got got a full week, man. Spring game coming up Saturday, full coverage, stay locked in the Bearcat Journal. But for my guys. My pals, Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, and Ryan Royer. I am Brent Young. Yet again, another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See it!